everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Sox Cast. This is the Her Lullaby Postmortem Spoiler Cast. So, if you haven't played it yet, why are you listening to this? That would be a very silly thing to do. That would make you a very silly person. I'm Polly, and I am a co-creator of said visual novel. And joining me today are four fine and lovely people, starting with... My co-conspirator, co-writer, editor, coder, extraordinaire, John Thire. Hi! You ready to talk about a video game we done made? Yes. Sounds good. Alright, alright. Up on character designs and artwork, we got Carmichael McCallis. Hello. How's it going? Going alright. You ready to talk about a thing where your art was made and people died? (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i can do that uh and of course joining carmichael on the art side we've got the cherry on top of the true ending we have miss andrea ritsu hello how's it going that's going all right you're making your socks make people sexy.net debut i think i i am yeah like probably like like almost two years since I was planning on coming on. Yeah, like, God, who knew planning things with people in different time zones was real hard to do? (laughs) Never would have fucking guessed that one. (laughs) And the lovely and talented uh, music extraordinaire made all the sound that makes her lullaby sound so good and terrifying. We have the lovely and talented Miss Taylor. Yayo. What's up? Ah, living the life. Living the life. How you doing? Doing oh, I'm, all... you oh, I'm just fine. Doing just fine. Your everything's peachy. Alright. And um, I want to also give a shout out to Shiori uh, from our Discord who spent probably four or five hours one night struggling with us to get the UI and title screen working in a way that we needed it to. Uh, so big shout out there, because uh, that was a pain in the ass that, man, Python sucks. <laughs> I, hate, I hate Python so much. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain. But ultimately we got everything working the way we wanted, and it's a uh, big thanks to Shiori for making that happen. So... Um, would have invited her on, but a six-person podcast would have made my brain melt. <laughs> and, uh, oh boy. God, yeah, so, Renpy is Python. I forgot that. Yeah, that's why it's P-Y at the end, and it's, and it's, pronou- that's why it's pronounced Renpy. Wait, what? Yeah, oh. <laughs> no one pronounces it Renpy. I know they don't. I promise me, Renpai. Well, well, nobody pronounced nobody pronounced it automata, even though it was even though it's automata. yeah. Everybody says automata. What? Yeah. It's near automata. Automata. Near automata. Yeah, near automata. Near automata. Near automata. Near automata. Near automata. Near automata. 
But enough about other people's video yes, games. Yes, we, we, we need to talk about a video Not about game. shitty video games. Yeah. Let's talk about their lullaby. <laughs> Let's talk about games that we done made that are good and some people out there played and seem mm -hmm. to enjoy. And we're going to kind of give you all the inside details. And we're going to start kind of like with how this whole thing came together. So like the first part of this podcast is going to be a big post-mortem about how all of us uh, went into creating this thing, what we all did, what was our approach, and all of that fun stuff. So, I guess I will start, because the story of her lullaby starts with me, the most important person, of course. Um, <laughs> this game has uh, an, an interesting way uh, that it was written, because it was written entirely freeform. Uh, this game was not planned at all. Uh, me and John... We never actually sat down and put out a roadmap to, okay, this is the story, these are the beats we're going to hit. It actually started out one night where I wrote the opening scene, which when you start the game, like, you wake up as a Sal with a headache. Um, and I wrote that scene, and I believe uh, the dead end, which is the first bad ending that most people stumble onto, um... And I think up to a point where, like, more interaction between her and this mysterious girl that she just met kind of, like, um, c can lead to something more than just two people killing each other. Um, and at that point in time, uh, it was simply called The Kill. Uh, we didn't have a name for it, and it was called The Kill for, like, a really long time when we were passing it back and forth. I don't think the name Lullaby or Her Lullaby actually came up until, like way late into production. Um, I don't think it was later than January. Yeah, it wasn't well, later than I that. I mean, that makes sense. Because <laughs> uh, we started it, like... like, like it was in December. Like, I think I wrote that first part, like, December 8th, uh, I think. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of spitballing the date here, but... Uh, I, I finished writing that, and I sat there, I played through it and read it. It had no pictures, it just had, like, the, the, the narration and the dialogue, no music. no music. It didn't have much of anything. I don't think it even had uh, backgrounds yet. Yeah, uh, the one, yeah, the one desert, the, the one... Um, the basement. Basement background, but before we did any edits on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was just off Google Image Search, which was yeah, all the backgrounds. Which all the backgrounds, Google Image Search. Thank you, Google Image Search, and thank you to all the lovely people that made images that we messed up and put in our game. Um, that is basically the easiest way to get backgrounds of visual novels. Exactly. You take it, you throw, mm -hmm. you throw an effect over it, boom, done. Yep. I learned all my best tricks from Higurashi. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I finished writing um, that the dead end and I don't think there was anything else other than leading up to where these two characters could have more interaction and then I sent it up to John and was like hey you want to like write something here's the thing here's the thing that I did follow it up and uh, so when I did that John what was kind of your reaction and like what was your thinking going in after that Alright, so you wrote that in like a day, and I played mm -hmm. it, and I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, this is really cool. Alright, mm -hmm. I'm into this. And I was like, so I was kind of like, that first, like, I'd never had made a game like this. I'd never made a game that has a large emphasis on prose. Mm -hmm. Neither of us had. And I haven't done a lot of writing, period, fiction, and fiction, mostly just critical writing. Um, so I played that, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is going to be a fun little time. 
And don't know what will come of it, but it should be a nice exercise, if nothing else. Yeah, like, I had originally uh, thought, like, this would just be, like, maybe a one or two scene thing that we put together. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like all of John's games, everybody's just going to end up dead. <laughs> and that, that'll just be it. There's no happy ending here. That's what I thought it would be. I make lots of nice games. <laughs> You're, all of your games are super happy, John. I know. Well, it's, it, there's, that, there's that brief, like, <laughs> chunk of happy where right after I got engaged to Anna, and then <laughs> then I just stopped making games for like a year and a half, and then it was all sad again. So that was good. So you, you, you started writing, and... Um... Yes. And I wrote a lot. And yeah. I ended up writing... Um, I rewrote bits of your your thing. That, that was a big, like... You say that it's, um was not planned. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to emphasize that we also did a shit ton of rewriting and editing and tweaking to yeah. make things, like, coherent. And we didn't, like... There was no ego involved. It wasn't like, you can't touch the thing that I wrote because it's absolutely perfect. Because, like, mm. w- you know, as you're kind of stringing this story together, you have to go back and tighten things up to kind of make them more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And we did that a lot when we we were passing back and forth. Like I thought up the like that first thing I wrote, I thought up the red text device. Yes, and that uh, was, was the really whole, smart. It was the whole middle section, um, leading up to the to be continued. I think. Yeah. And, and the voyeur end. Yes. And the, um, the ending. No, it wasn't. It's not named that because it's the the ending where she kills herself and then it goes into where Sal kills herself and then it goes into. Um, Taco's perspective. Yeah, that's where um, we're I going to. Write the, I had not written the part with Taco's pers- with um, Taco's perspective, so I wrote up to those basically three points of con- of continuation. Those yeah. two, one ending and two points of continu of continuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was more than I expected uh, John to write when I got it back because it was mm-hmm. just like, it, and when I got it back, it was like, holy shit. This turned into something way bigger because now, like, these characters are actually characters. There's real human emotion and interaction going on. Um, uh, and we'll talk a bit more about it when we get into the actual spoiler cast. But, like, the, 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 the thing that really struck out, stuck out to me was, like, right before the To Be Continued end, you get the actual lullaby thing, which was just kind of like, you just wrote in that she hummed a lullaby and, like, that was it. Like the it wasn't. I kind of thought that lullaby would make a good title. I was putting it there. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of put that in before, before bringing it up. I put that little seed in so I could kind of point at that. Yeah, and like that scene, that like that, and and then I went back and kind of like fleshed that entire scene yeah, out. Yeah, it was much briefer. Yeah, it was real brief and real fast. And mm-hmm. um, I went back and touched that up. And I think like once we did that is when I started talking to Carmichael. Mm-hmm. Um, which was like, I was like, hey, Carmichael, my good pal and fellow Toho lover, how would you like, uh, I've been an admirer of your artwork for years, given the work that you've done at uh, SMPS over the years, how would you like to make art for a video game? What was your initial reaction to that kind of like being somebody wanting to pull you into a big project like that? Um, I actually scrolled back up through our uh, messages on um, Discord to see when that was. That oh, was dang. right at the end of November. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, 
It was November 27th when you contacted me. Wow. I, and this I was kind of like, I was like, what? what? <laughs> Cause like, I'm not used to like ever drawing like for other people, like especially with any kind of hard deadline. Mm-hmm. And even though this was just like, Hey, it's just, you know, like personal project, whatever you can type thing. It was still like, okay, well this is still something I need to treat as a professional. So, but it sounded interesting. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll see what I can do. And so, um, at that point you asked me to draw, uh, Toko. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and started with that and you gave me the description and first thing I had to do is look up what a pea coat was. <laughs> <laughs> and so I passed you the sketches and this kept doing tweaks as I went on and it came out all right. And I finished that actually rather quickly. It looks like yeah, I, gave like... You the first, I gave you the first sketch on the 29th mm-hmm. and then on the third third it looks like is when i was doing the shading which is the last step of it yeah, yeah. like taco so. was in game pretty fast mm-hmm. yeah we had her in game like remember throwing her art into the game the first time and being like oh, it's actually kind of a game now <laughs> <laughs> um and i believe this is like like we hadn't thought about bringing andrea in yet because we didn't have an ending and i didn't know like what we were doing for the ending, so so, mm-hmm. we, so like she actually ended up coming in like way late into the project because like what we need, like what I wanted her, what I wanted from her was like the the the, the actual a ending. CG. Yeah, I wanted a CG. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll get to that part in just um a little bit, but um, so so we 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 got like kind of like you know the artist's reactions to first being uh, talked. Uh, about wanting to be involved with the project. So since we're still on that, after I talked to Carmi, I talked to our good pal Taylor. I said, Taylor, you want to make, like, noise or something? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, 2nd of December. Damn. Uh, my, my immediate response was, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I know. I was, like, <laughs> the first thing, like, I thought was, like, I originally was just going to, like, would it be okay if I borrowed a bunch of Western Desolations um, stuff and maybe tweaked it a bit? Uh, but I instead just was just like, "Hey, you know what? Why would you like to do something original for this instead?" You know, like my original thought was I was just going to borrow stuff from your actual band camp because mm. a lot of that would have fit too. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I can mm. I can think of a few uh, yeah possible examples of that. So yeah, uh, the conversation went, uh, Polly asked for atmospheric compositions and then, uh, just completely abrasive noise. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing's resembling traditional music, just mood, ambiance, and brutality with no melody or traditional song structure or anything. Yeah. That's uh, not a lot. Book. That's not a lot to work with, huh? 
And the no. thing was, like, the fun thing was, like, we kept everybody that was doing assets for this game in the dark about what it was. <laughs> like, nobody, like, Carmi didn't know really what we were writing. Andrea didn't know what I was writing. Taylor didn't. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Taylor didn't know what we were writing. It was just like, we're doing a thing and we want you to do. St-. And I wanted to do that because I wanted to keep preconceived notions out of the way. Because I felt like, I felt like if I said, we're making a psychological horror uh, human drama thing, I felt like maybe that would sort of color the way they would want to tweak things. And I wanted them to kind of just go off of basic. Um, descriptions and ideas and feelings instead of uh, an actual genre. So how, how, how was it trying to approach that, Taylor? Well, uh, it wasn't... It wasn't too difficult for me just because, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the kind of stuff you hear in her lullaby is, is pretty in my wheelhouse at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so the way I approached it was I figured... I would make two different, like, 30-second loops. Mm-hmm. And one would sort of be, like, the building quiet bits. And one would be, like, a just, like, a distorted, in- intense chaos kind of thing. Yeah. So, I made the first part. Um, it probably, it was probably about, like, 45 seconds and the quiet sample was just build. Mm -hmm. And then I took like a two second sample of that and I ran it through a bunch of distortions (laughs) and like Ableton has a lot of like sample and hold plugins so you can make like weird rhythmic grinding kind of noises that are just triggered by an envelope. Mm -hmm. So I sent Polly those two files on December 7th and I said here's uh what my like immediate reaction was to your descriptors yeah and let me know if i'm on the right track and you absolutely already were (laughs) you just kind of like like you nailed this soundtrack not knowing much about the game at all like and i think that that's it's it's for me like the music is one of the core elements of why this game works because like like the first time I put the music in the game um like I fucking literally cried because it was so perfect. Mm-hmm. No bullshit. It was it was like a punch in the gut in the best way. Yeah. It was very yeah. nice. I remember I did I looked at it and uh listened to it in a hotel room. I remember the desk where I plugged in the headphones and was like, "All right, let's take a look at this." <gasps> oh. Oh. <laughs> It was very nice. Yeah. So the interesting bits are um, sort of from the beginning of that story is uh, the original samples that I sent Polly are actually in the final song. (laughs) (laughs) They're just, you know, uh, a lot is going on in that final song. Yeah, it's it's pretty chaotic (laughs) and grating in the best possible way. Yeah, that was uh And they all transition so well. That was a so bit well. of a thing. Because like yeah. it's it's one yeah. long track. It's one 12-minute beast of a track that builds and builds and builds and builds. Um and like we had like what was it nine kind of moods that we could transition between on the fly and they all kind of work really well going in and out of one another. Yeah, there's sort of I think how I 
ultimately ended up uh, breaking it down was there's like I want to say like a seven minute uh, segment that's just like quiet type stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the last five minutes or so are the really aggressive noisy bits yeah yeah <laughs> which we could to put to good use yes I think. Yeah, I, I actually used uh, some of the uh, um, like the louder bits to create some of the sound effects in the game, rather than using like a traditional because uh, obviously you know, like a stabbing sound effect. Like our stab yeah. sound effect is the best thing ever. <laughs> Fuck y'all! You had that on like the second build, right? Yeah, you had that very early on. Like I took that from one of Taylor's earlier um, compositions. That she oh sent. wow, that was that was early. So I got I think I got. The final soundtrack um, was when I first heard it. So I heard it a ways down the line, and it was so good. Holy shit. Any, any uh, other uh, cool, interesting bits about uh, how like the music in the game was created? So uh, I guess when I sat down to do uh, what ended up being the final project, I pretty much did probably the first 10 minutes just kind of in a straight go of just like writing and tapping out shit on a keyboard and you know pulling another shit mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. I ended up I ended up going back and adding uh, another like two minutes of the loud stuff and then Polly asked me if I could break it down into the loopable bits yeah that just kind of Which made it easier that... to work in engine. Because mm-hmm. apparently the engine was sort of a... The engine was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like Andrea uses Renpai, so... I do. She yeah. knows that it's a pain in the old butthole. Oh, yeah, it was that I, bad. Because I remember you, just... you contacted me about, like, help with Renpai as well at some point. Yeah, yeah, I got some, uh... Like, like there were some dialogue things that I wanted to do for yeah. some specific endings like dialogue cutoffs and stuff uh, which got used really well in one of the endings um, yes there's uh, one thing I remember trying to change the background for one of the choices and yeah. then just gave up after like two hours yeah that was a pain I was like, Fuck I'm really it. proud that I, I'm really proud I got can I talk about the save system yes the save system absolutely needs to be talked about because I know the like, we we didn't want uh like uh this is how I look at it anyway. I wanted an experience to where you couldn't roll back choices. Where I don't I didn't want to make the visual novel where you make a choice you, you you save before you make a choice load and then like keep going back and forth because the game's structure is not, that's not what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um and we wanted a way to like eliminate that. And first it was just like oh well, you have one save file and you can use that. And then John. Mm-hmm. Had a better idea. I was hmm. like, you know, th- I'm, this is this is what I, this is what I'm visualizing. Right now, we have the one save file, and that's nice because the default is like, oh, here's a hundred save files you can use whenever you want. Yeah. Here's a little bar across the bottom of the screen telling you to save whenever you want. Here's some quick save and quick load buttons so you can do it especially easily. Um, so a big part of the UI, big part of the pause menu, big part of the whole s- shebang, and then you reduced it to one save file, which helps a little bit. Um, and then I just like, what if there's no save file that is manually 
operable, and it is just auto-saving constantly. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to an ending, it de- it um, deletes that autosave, and you start from the beginning of the world until... I think we can get into the structural yeah. stuff when we get further into the <clears throat> writing. Boy, um, that was fun. Changing the start fuck the fucking start <laughs> button. Yeah. Um, you don't know how much of a pain in the ass making the start button do different things for different <laughs> fucking out like when we needed it to jump to different when we needed the story to start from a different place. Mm-hmm. That was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> I, just had to, I, I did a lot of messing around with the um, you can set and clear prescri- um, there are variables that are in the file you're currently saving on mm-hmm. and then there are persistent variables that are affect the whole game save file Yeah, in the sense that so it's basically to have like unlockable gallery pictures yeah like when we get an ending like when that. you get one ending the ending mm-hmm. gallery is always open then exactly um, so that's what it's usually used for, but because of our structure, we had to incorporate persistent saves into the whole game, into the actual play, mm-hmm. um, which was a nice pain in the butt, but thank you. Um, and Anna brought, me, Anna brought me delicious roasted potatoes. There you go. So life is good. Um, I love you. Welcome to the roasted potato cast. <laughs> roasted potato cast. Welcome to the spooks <laughs> Spud- Welcome to the Spudcast! The Spudcast! Holy fuck! Speaking of the Spudcast. <laughs> um, so the save file, so basically I had to figure out how the autosave system in Red P works. I had to figure out how to automatically how to act how to tell make a button on the menu, not have it a load button that goes to the save file screen, but a button that automatically um, loads the first autosave autosave <clears throat> and that took a while <laughs> yeah and we we had a lot of problems with it saving where we didn't want it to save yep you're like oh no like you went and visited the ending gallery and now your save is there but you were actually in the middle of a scene whoops so the sa- the going into like the ending gallery or the pause menu would overwrite your save and it was a fun it was a fun time um, the rent, I, I got very familiar with the online Renpy documentation and the forums. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad that it worked out. And the um, figuring out skippable text because if you don't have skippable text, then that structure is miserable. Oh yeah, yeah, on DS is utterly miserable. Yes, and I didn't want that, and that meant that we had to make sure that the skip button was very prominent in the UI. So when they open up the game, it has that little that screen with the controls yeah. and we wanted it to turn that off um, after we'd seen it once mm-hmm. so there was, a, there was a lot of programming stuff in this new engine that we kind of dived headfirst into and and I think we were able to get all that stuff exactly the way we wanted basically because I'm a professional programmer because you're a genius <laughs> so I have lots and lots of years of professional training in coding and that was able to make that a lot easier but as long as if you're not if you're not a professional programmer, I think that you can still I think enjoy it's Rem- still yeah, like Rempi is not complex at all. In mm-hmm. fact, I think it's very user friendly. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. have to go digging into the guts the way that we did. Exactly. Uh, you just have to if you if you're willing to work within certain limitations, yeah, then 
you're good. And I, I love that. I really enjoy that. Um, so, so, so Andrea, you use RemPy as well. Like what's been, do, what, right. what's what's your experience? Because I think you like the 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 game you're working on is a lot different than ours. <laughs> but what are some challenges that you've come across in trying to work with the engine? Well, I've been working with RenPy since 2006 or 2007. That's a little while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, I I mean at the, at the start of it, it was just I just used the very very basic stuff. I was working on a horror visual novel that was never finished, um, and then a few years ago, I did a thing called Escape for Asylum Jam. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was interesting because basically the game is not a visual novel. It's a um, adventure game uh, in the traditional sense. Um, so I basically had to use the Red UI system to make movement and <laughs> investigation, navigation stuff um, to work. And also to the point where like you could find new clues in the same areas if you had done this or if you had this item etc etc that game could have used an inventory screen mm. and that was I super think easy right? definitely used an inventory screen all that stuff was super easy you were able to <laughs> they basically had built in features that made that super simple to execute on right yeah the, and, and the new UI system they have makes it even easier but um so I was working on that for I believe like three days I think it took in total mm-hmm. and I did all the art stuff and that's basically when I got really... That's when I got properly familiar with uh, the engine again. And I was like, hey, I want to do something bigger in this. Which led to my current project. Oh, uh, which no. Which is um, <laughs> After the Bell Rings. Which is really good! Thank you. Uh, it's very slowly moving along. Yeah, it's it's. I've played what I believe to be like kind of like an alpha version you play the 2015 build, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the one you sent me, and it was really good. Yeah. And it's it's this is like basically a one person show, correct? Yeah, it's uh, so far it's been me and my um, artist mm-hmm. who I, I commissioned for the characters, mm-hmm. um, story booths, and her art is like the characters are exactly the way I want them, so that, that's 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 wonderful. But um, yeah, I've been working on it for almost two years, and I believe I started back in September or something in 2015 and that's more a traditional visual novel like it's it's a school setting although you play as a teacher not a student and it's um like it's got the routes it's got the it's got the love stories that you can get into etc etc but it's also a very big project yeah it's got a lot of like very different changes that goes on like there there are entire characters that become like irrelevant if you do certain things in the story mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be a part of the story and it's it's a pain in the ass and that's why it's been taking such a long time to make it's, I don't want it to be just like a short little story like this is actually aiming to be several hours long yeah you're going uh, for something yeah. that is more Easy. like as, it's like a long as long as a commercial project whereas like her lullaby was like mm. For me, Horror Lullaby is a huge fucking project because it's yep. kind of it's kind of the biggest thing I've ever worked on. So you are going for like a much bigger project in terms of like like much bigger than like our ninety minute uh, happy story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, happy. I think we've 
I think we've all been there with the mega projects on Beth that you're still mm. kind of feeling good and on it because it can be really satisfying to finish those. Yeah, I mean, I've been considering picking up a smaller project on the side just to be able to finish something. But that can, um, that can honestly really help and yeah, be nice. Yeah. Because basically, my idea with After the Bell Rings was originally a shorter project, but mm-hmm. then I really wanted to like interject basically concepts of myself into the game. Because mm-hmm. the game very much explores uh, like experiences and feelings that I've experienced over the years, mm-hmm. uh, but through other characters. And the more I played with that, the more characters grew, and the more scenes came out of it. And yeah, now it's and now it's huge. a monster. Bending over your shoulder, yeah. Whispering. So while while I've got you, while I've got your ear for a moment, um, we will go ahead and uh, talk about your involvement with her lullaby because, like I mentioned, yes. you did the ending CG for us, which it was something I was real adamant about having. Like, yeah, you contacted me on December sixth. Yeah, like I knew that I wanted you to do something for this thing. We just weren't sure what it was yet. Um, and then, like, once we were closer to an ending and we knew where the story was ending and how it was ending and how our characters were going to kind of... What condition they were going to be once they were out, I shot you the idea for the ending CG. How did that go? Well, so, like I mentioned, on December 6th, I get a message from you on Twitter basically asking, like, hey, you've been drawing out lately. You want to draw something for my, my thing I'm working on? And I was like, uh, I guess. What is it? At that point, you basically didn't have much tell me except that there would be two characters. Mm-hmm. We haven't decided the scenery yet. I don't have art for the characters yet. <laughs> um, you want to do it? Do you want to draw a thing that I'm not going to tell you what it looks like? Well, the thing is, you told me there were two girls. Yeah. That was like, okay. Okay, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> it really oh. works on a lot of us, I believe. I think so. Hey, I didn't even know that much. Yeah, you didn't even get that much. <laughs> yeah, so I believe, um, yeah, and then on, like two days later, you shot me the, what I guess is the final art of uh, Toko. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was going to start drawing, like, shortly after that, but, you know, depression and Life. stuff getting in the way. <laughs> yep. Uh, I believe. I didn't get around to finishing the art until, like... This was the last thing we put in the game. This was the last thing we put in the game, literally. Yeah, I'm scrolling down through... Okay, yeah, see, here's the sketch. January January 31st is the sketch. Mm -hmm. And then the final version... Oh, hey, here you finally tell me that the thing is called her lullaby. Um, (laughs) Damn! Yeah, Yeah, like, the name came real late. Well, that seems like you didn't even tell me like a prototype name or anything. It's just like a thing I'm working on. Yeah. Oh, it's a visual now. Like, oh, okay. So yeah, on February 11th, I was finished with the art, and um, I was originally going to make it a bit more simple than it actually is, because mm-hmm. um, I, I did the initial sketch, and I was told to keep uh, Togo's um, hood down, mm-hmm. and so I did that, and I got the outlines done, and I started putting in all the colors, etc., etc. But I. I don't know, because they were going to be um, put on top of a um, a uh, photographic background. Mm-hmm. I wanted more than just a simple two-tone shading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I did the two-tone shading, and then after that, I used uh, a tool called Paint Shainer, which um, allows you to basically 
play with digital shading and colorization and stuff. And I used basically um, that as a uh, low percentage overlay, like low opacity overlay, on top of the original art, which I then you know, added transparency to and put on top of the forest. And uh, I'm pretty happy with how it came out. And yeah, it's... I think you were too, because I got no pointers to, like, change it or anything. No, it was quite literally, when I got it and put it in game and ran that scene through, the, ran the final scene through again, it was just like, it's just a perfect little thing to end on. It is just like, I really love that imagery and the fade out and then going into what would be, like, the final, you know, ending credits. Uh, I thought it was just so fucking tasteful. It looks so good. The game wouldn't like that ending wouldn't be the same without it. Absolutely, it was. It was kind of funny when I was playing it because I was like, "Well, I know I've done the final scene in the mm. game. I need, I need to at least see that." Yeah. And I couldn't at first. I couldn't find my damn way to the true ending. Oh yeah, we we included it. That's why we included a flowchart with, uh, with the yeah, game. I, I I I didn't actually use that. I got all the endings myself. Nice. Um, but uh, I was um, and I guess I guess we'll get to that during the spoiler cast bit as well. But there was like, I was certain I had done something right, and I was like, why isn't this continuing? <laughs> why can't I find a way to continue this? And it turned out that I there was one. There was one combination of choices I hadn't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the I same one that. that gets everybody. It gets everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it got big, me too. <laughs> we had a long talk about that. We were like, all right, do we want to just add this extra bit of resistance? Because that's yeah, something like, that I thought was important like, um, to us. Yeah, we thought some, it was important the, to keep it the way it was. Yeah, mm. I, I think it works really well. Some visual novels will do the thing where you can see which um, choices you, you've already picked. Mm-hmm. But I feel that would have made it too yeah. easy. It's, it's, I, think it's too, I think there are few enough choices. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing. I think the thing was is that we wanted to keep this as unvideo game as possible, and really make the story the focus. Like we didn't want you to feel you were playing a video game. We wanted you to feel immersed in the story and like you know you were. Really, I, yeah. That actually reminds me. One of my favorite things in the entire game was when I, I hit new game. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there. It says, wake up. <laughs> okay. Left click. No. Space. No. Okay. We're not letting you, like, you. we're going to make you wait for moments. <laughs> no, it's when you had to click wake up, and I was like, oh. Yeah, that oh, was fuck. really good. That was, I think that was a last minute addition too, because it was yeah. after the, it was after the epilogue had been in, and it was like, it makes so much sense to have a prompt there. Mm. It, it you didn't... make all these choices in the game that are just like, sometimes it's dialogue, sometimes not a choice, it's just one thing, and it works really well as an introduction to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that we wanted to make it, like, un, as unvideo gamey as possible, but while also what, in order to highlight whatever mechanisms were there and make them be as impactful as possible. Yes. Yeah. Hence making the choices like part of the plot and such. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Like there's there's some real good work with choices that we'll talk about during the spoiler cast that I really <laughs> effing love. Um mm-hmm. but uh Taylor. Yes. I do believe you mentioned that you might have had some difficulties with 
creating the music for the game. I wonder what those might have been. <laughs> I think I think you ran into the rat problem of oh god, Flash can't do this. Um, <laughs> uh, the problem the problem I ended up running into was uh, one thing I didn't get to talk about was some of uh, my midpoint decision to actually add guitar. Yes! Mm-hmm. Because, that really sticks out to me as like one of the nice touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, guitar in there. so when I set about to do this, I was in a real... Uh, there's an electronic musician named Ben Frost. Mm-hmm who makes, honestly, this kind of shit, really. <laughs> Just, like, laptop-based, ambient, drony kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, if you go listen, I think it's called... It's either A Single Point of Blinding Light or The Teeth Behind the Kisses. If you listen to either of those two songs, you might hear a little bit of my inspiration. <laughs> oh! But I was doing it, I was sequencing this whole thing, and I'm like, it's it's not. It wasn't punching me. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I decided I'm like, well, uh, this was a perfect excuse to use a guitar that I had just got the day Polly asked me to do this soundtrack. Oh damn! <laughs> we nice. christened it. We christened yeah. it. Yeah, you christened you christened my eight string. Damn, I'm Excellent. proud. I'm proud. Yeah, so I picked it up and I started doodling around and uh, I don't think I did more than one pass of the cl- of any guitar part in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, at, at least until I had to... I think I double-tracked a few, but I didn't do that all that much. Mm-hmm. But I really thought, you know, I'm going to do some like clean, fiddly stuff. And I think ultimately the the medley I ended up landing on for the quiet bits actually sort of gave it sort of like a emotional center. Yes, it gives it light. Like it, like when we use it in the more emotional scenes when it's quiet, like that little bit, like that little bit of guitar you can hear peeking above the noise. Like I feel that that's kind of like, and this is me being artsy fartsy, where like. A big, like, visual audio theme of the game is static. And that Mm. static is usually the indication of things going bad. Um, And for me, the way I looked at that is that when you hear that guitar in those moments, that's the human emotion rising above the bad things that are currently happening in this world. That's kind of how it felt to me. Like, And that's kind of, like, why I said, like it really touched me when I put it in. And the thing about this soundtrack, and the reason that it hit me so emotionally, is because this game, in and of itself, is a big emotional project for me. Uh, I was in the middle of a seven to eight month depression when I started uh, writing this and sending it to John. And for the longest time, like, like, I could not tell you why I was depressed. I didn't know why, like, I felt like everything was horrible. But... Like, I tried to, like, you know, I would make a Twitter post with a song or something and be like, this is what it sounds like in my head right now. And now, like, I actually do have something I can point to with Taylor's soundtrack and say, that is what it sounded like in my head when I was alone for eight months. Um, And that's why it's uh, a really special piece to me, not just because it's in our game, 
but like somebody actually tapped into you know without even knowing like you tapped into a part of me that I'd been wanting to express forever you know for like eight months it was just like you tapped into the misery fear anger uh, just everything that I was feeling at the time and that's why that whole piece is just really really special to me yeah, I I think I described it as I, I wasn't sure if I wrote it so much as I channeled it. Yeah, like I think that you actually just somehow connected to my brain and pulled something out, and without even realizing it, that that's really how it feels to me. Yeah. It's a it's a very like very strong soundtrack for the game that fits. It's um, I mean it's basically as vital to the game I would say that something like uh, Yamaoka Akira soundtrack for Silent Hill. Yes, like mm-hmm. it's it's oh. such a especially with the guitar like yes. it's, mm-hmm. it's I, such a perfect match <clears throat> perfectly match the mood of the scenes. I think when I was when my girlfriend asked me what kind of music I was making for the game, I said, "Imagine if Bathory made the soundtrack to Silent Hill." <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Then she said, I don't know what Bathory is, and I've never played a Silent Hill game. Oh, well. I'm like, uh-uh. Well, I know what Bathory's both of those are. a good are. name for a band. Yeah. <laughs> I should check that out. If, if he's like... He, Bathory was like the original black metal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of real sludgy, kind of... Like, you feel like you've walked in a pit of tar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, also uh, one of hi- also one of history's most prolific serial killers and yes, a Castlevania boss and a Castlevania yep. boss. <laughs> so speaking of Bathory, <laughs> so 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 um, kind of what like, like like we'll bring Carmi back in. Hey Carmi, I'm sorry. Hello. I hope we're, I hope you're not feeling too alone over there. It's all good. So you have a so we have in the in the character art gallery. One of my favorite parts of of your notes was. Lori, 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 <laughs> you gave me some problems. Why don't you tell us oh, all yeah. about, because Lori, like, we didn't really have a full description of Lori. We kind of let you just take the ball and run with her. Like, mm. whatever you drew was going to be what we described her as. Uh, mm. So tell us about Lori, because Taco came together real fast and like she seemed so easy for you to just drop into and like we had her out and in the game quick Lori yeah, on the other the, hand all the emotions and pers- and facial expressions yeah and Lori yeah. on the other hand yeah looking over this um when I sent you the shaded version of Toko that's where you're like so I got John's part of the story back and he did a thing and um added a character <laughs> <laughs> This was um, the 3rd of uh, December, Mm -hmm. and looking over here, I sent you the very first sketch of Lori in... uh, Where are we? I would say that's sometime Uh, in January. The 13th of January. Yeah, yeah. So, now, granted, I work retail, so holidays and all, so... There was a large part where it's just like, well, I can't do anything right now because I'm trying to deal with this. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, the biggest problem, uh, there well, there were a couple of big problems really. <laughs> One, she had a gun, and yep. I suck at guns. Oh no! I, um, I did find some reference art. Um, it was uh, <laughs> this is good. Yeah, it was uh, Yomu from Toho, Fantastic. holding two guns. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> 
And so it's like, okay, I can work with that. The other thing is, it's been like a very long time since I've drawn anybody facing forward. Mm-hmm. I normally do the three-quarter view because it's just so simple to draw, which is kind of my own personal failing because I need to draw, you know, all directions. Yeah. Was there a so, reason that you wanted to go with the forward-facing view then? Um, I, th- I think it was mostly for more emphasis with the gun because she's pointed it right at the... Um, at cell yeah and like that's more, that's why i wanted that to be more fa- i wanted her facing more forward because i knew that she was going to be waving that gun around and it was going to be pointed at the quote-unquote player at you know or mm-hmm. you know we're in sal's head most of this game so i wanted the gun pointed at her yeah yeah and that and, and mean, having her facing straight forward helps yeah helps that and i mean it from what um I've uh, seen of the game with Toko looking sideways. That kind of works because she's scared most of the time. Yeah, she's, she's very. Right yeah, in. she's not very. So. Yeah, she's timid. She's the kind of girl that sleeps with stuffed animals and probably has a lot of pink in her room. No, she's me. But basically. <laughs> well, okay, no, I don't have stuffed animals. I have anime girls. You have natural blonde hair, so does Toko. So. Well, yeah, but I haven't been blonde in, like, a decade. That's been a while, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> so, back to Lori. <laughs> so, one I pulled from uh, way back when I used to play City of Villains. I had a uh, mastermind character named Gangrene. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just kind of used what I remembered of her at the time for her design. I think basically what you said was she needed to be covered in blood. Yes. And um, kind of just really creepy with her expression. So it's like, all right. Um, so in my sketchbook, I'd drawn both poses side by side, one with her, just her hand on her hip, the other where she's pointing the gun. And I did a thing that I do a lot in art where basically present me says, hey, future me, fuck you. (laughs) And just leaves a lot of it for computer fixing. Mm -hmm. So, which, and I did that with the pose holding the gun, which isn't the smartest thing to do when you don't have much experience with guns. So, um, I was kind of cagey when I was sending you a lot of the sketches on it. I was only showing the one without the gun at the time, but I was working on both in tandem. Because there were a lot of a lot of problems with the face, where it just wasn't looking right. So I had to keep changing that, keep changing that, keep changing that. And then once I got it where it's like, okay, this looks good, then I showed you both together. Mm-hmm. And I also had to add a shitload more blood. Yeah, like, we really needed her bloodied up. <laughs> She's been a busy girl, okay? <laughs> it's, a really uni- like it's, a, it's a uniform! <laughs> I have a goofy question. Sure. Is she named after is she named after Lori Petty? No. She's like she kinda looks she looks like a demented tank girl. <laughs> I pulled the I think I pulled the name out of the air because I like it. Yeah. It was the same with Taco. Like I have no reason for naming her Taco at all. It was just the first word that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. And I could make a dumb ta- and I and I and I got to make a dumb taco joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that nobody appreciated. <laughs> so is it Taco or Toko? Taco. It's Taco. Okay. Taco. Because there's the line where you know, like she says, like, like she says her name is Taco, and Sal asks, "There's food." Oh. <laughs> so that was kind of our. Oh. See, 
like that was, uh, that's me I, being I, awful. Uh, and, I that's, just got uh, that. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's why I didn't get it. Uh, I had literally just finished Danganronpa. And, and there's, there's a, character a character named Toko. Toko. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what. Uh, is she my favorite character. Is she my favorite? Which one's Toko again? Toko is uh, Toko. You know, the shy girl that's kind of like a little cagey. GJ. Yeah. The one. Yeah. Oh, GJ. GJ. All right. Cool. Yeah. Toko is my. Favorite. Yeah. Toko's the best. God, I hate her so much. <laughs> I love that girl. But uh, continuing with uh, I, yeah, Lori. we we made we played Dong and Rampa, both Dong and Rampa games, Anna and I, while we were start during the beginning of this game, basically. Yeah, you could probably you can probably see a lot of like. Higurashi, Zero Escape, and Danganronpa in this game, honestly. At least you played Zero Escape before releasing a game that was inspired by it. Yeah, yeah! (laughs) When I released Escape, everything was like, this is just like 999. And you're like, like, what what? the fuck? I've never played that. (laughs) reminds me of Andrea, you really... Andrea, you really should, though. They're good. They're so good. Oh, no, 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 no. I've started playing it since then. But back in, I still have to play the second one. Oh, it's so good. Uh, no one really likes that one. But, you know, it gets better again. John, I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> okay, so back to Lori. I like Lori. This is gonna happen a lot, okay? <laughs> We're just, We don't have a structure here. We're just shooting the shit about the game that we made, yeah. so... Uh, but yeah, let's get back to Lori and the, the the difficulties in getting Lori finalized. And I think when I showed you the the pose with the gun, that's where I realized, wow, that one arm is really really <laughs> fucking off, like Satori level off. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I kept working at it, and for whatever reason, it's like I don't know how to draw arms anymore. So it was like I had to like add so much like extra um guidelines to it to get it to actually finally look proper and everything yeah to make sure i had like the proper length and everything just because it looked so stumpy so yeah but eventually i got it all correct and everything looking all right and uh and then it was like okay how's this look it looks good all right good here here are all the sprites <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> so we finally get like both of our characters finally in game, and that that, that feels really awesome. Um, when was like yeah? Because I think like by the time we had gotten Lori, like hadn't the end game already been written? Looks like I sent you everything on the sixteenth, uh, January. Yeah. Yeah, because and I think it, I wrote the end game. Uh, I think I finished writing the end game scene like on December twenty third. I think. Mm-hmm. So like, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, was, I just think I think that um, after you sent after I sent you back the voyeur end and up to the to be continued, and then you sent me back, um, Taco's prologue and mm-hmm. the ending bit. Where it's in talk, both taco bit perspectives. Mm-hmm. I think that was when we realized, oh, okay, we know the basic structure of the rest of how this is going to go down. Yeah, and it started like we weren't planning anything. Still, it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, like the Tetris block blocks are falling into place. We know exactly mm-hmm. where the we know where our story's end point is. We know how yeah. it's going to end. We know 
what we need to put in to flesh things out. We know that we want to do some structure fuckery. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we figured that out with tacos prologue that when it would unlock and then yeah. we, it would unlock and you put that in the game. And then from there it was easy to say, okay, so now that what's left is that we want to do a prologue for Lori and then we want to do a climax. And yeah. then that was, that was what we had in mind. Um, and I like, I like emphasizing that we kind of figured out that structure to fit the rest of our work into probably about halfway through yeah. the writing. Cause um, I want to demystify the writing process as much as possible. Like it wasn't just completely fluid and unplanned where we just, it just flew out of our fingers as from our godly fingers. <laughs> like there was, we fit, we just kind of got the structure kind of nailed down halfway through yeah and then we we're able to fill it in and then we went back and back road until everything kind of clicked together so yeah. it's if it seems intimidating if like the idea of just hunkering down and writing a thing and then having it come together makes sense um it's hard it's really just you got to get something on the page and then you'll figure you can fig- figure it out as it goes along and then go back and fix and it then back right yeah after. Like, there was, yeah. you know, like, I, I had no idea that when I did this weird thing one night, because I don't know, let's just write something and see what happens, and do it in RimPy for some reason, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, well, because, like, this would not be the same story if, if John wasn't involved. Like, this would be mm-hmm. something entirely different. Um, mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, without yeah, I think you having... talked to me first. I think you talked to me first before you wrote it on that Saturday. Like, hey, would you be interested in doing a back and forth thing mm-hmm. um, with writing? And then I was like, yeah, it sounds amazing. And then you, the next like two days later, you handed it my, handed it my way, and I was like, ooh, oh, ooh. almost everything. every time. At, almost every time after I played one of your chunks, I would take like a bath or a shower and just kind of stew and think and over like have a day where I would just kind of be thinking. And then that's the use, thing. Like when Usually the way forward would emerge. You said something early on that was just like, when you sent your thing back to me, it was just like, I want you to be as blown away by what I just sent you as I was when you sent your thing to me. And like that was a constant thing back and forth. It was just like, when John would send me a thing, John would want me to be blown away. And I would be. And then I would have a new drive to be like, I have to do something to make what I'm doing as equally awesome and send that back. So it was constantly a battle of two geniuses wanting to impress <laughs> one another, basically. Which is a really fun way to write. And it also meant that throughout the process, I was all... Like, you pointed out that um, I was kind of providing answers. Yes. For most of my chunks, or you kind of posit a question. I'd be like, oh, well, that's because of this, this, this. Um, like, the first thing that came to my Like, when we first... You passed it my way. Mm-hmm. And I played your chunk, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, Anna, come play this! <laughs> and Anna hates horror. Yes. <laughs> Cannot deal. So she got a little ways into the death scene, dead end, and it was like, nope, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Noping the fuck out. Um, and we actually chatted about it for a little bit, and then Anna was like, "That was one thing we that was one thing we talked about earlier on was that we didn't want it to be torture porn, basically. We didn't want it to be torture porn, and we wanted to be very, very careful with our word choices." 
uh, in regards to a lot of the shit that happens in this game, a lot of things could mm-hmm. be derived to, oh, it's, you know, mental health and stuff. And we wanted to very much avoid using language that would uh, offend in that regard. We never wanted anyone to say, oh, you're crazy and insane. Like, we yeah, did I don't not... think we ever used them with crazy or insane. No, I was very, very mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, um, uh, that's something I really, really appreciated about it because... Um... Uh, I mentioned earlier that one one of the game jams that I work for is uh, I've done work for is Asylum Jam. Yes, which is specifically make horror games that in no way um, uh, depict mental health or mental health institutes as anything negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it, they hold it every year. It's really good. It's really fun if you want to write horror. Um, I've done two games for that. Mm-hmm. It it's just. It's just better when you don't do that shit. Yeah, like, mm. like there's nothing really mentally unstable about Lori. She's just full on her own bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> like are, that's her problem. Evil and that's not mental health. Yeah, that that's is, that's she, just she's more pretentious than yes, <laughs> yes. She is very yeah. fucking full of herself and has had a great life and you know feels <laughs> that she has this power over others and superiority. Like that's. That's not something that's lumped in with mental health. That's just being a shit person. Mm-hmm. And we really I, wanted to avoid it, like John said. We didn't want... Like, violence and brutality was necessary. Mm-hmm. Not only to propel the story and to give a sense of drama, but it's also expressive to a lot of the things that John and I both were feeling. A lot of the violence that happened in this story happened likely as a result of anger or frustration or hurt over things that have happened or were happening in our lives at the time. And it was never, mm. we never wanted the violence to be unnecessary. It had to mean something or lead to something or an answer, or there had to be a reason for it. We kind of settled on trust, I think. Yes. Mm. So, was, Anna, go ahead. It was really, yeah, the, the depiction of horror around the subject of mental illness was actually kind of. Refreshing to see in this game because uh, a few weeks before this game came out, there was a certain movie called Split starring oh, James McAvoy. Oh my God. And that movie got an absolute critical tongue bath. Yeah. Like it's got like it's like it's sitting at seventy five on Rotten Tomatoes right now. But when I heard like, I don't know if it's the twist or if it's actually like you know it going into the movie. But when I heard that, I'm like. Fuck you, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's something we were... Like, in our first conversations, talking about working together on this, like, it was like, we don't want to go that route. Like, that's no, absolutely not. Because, yeah. I mean, I suffer depression, and I know John has things that he deals with, and I know that a lot of the people that we wanted to read this game suffer those things. And it was just like, we there's no way we can ever make light of something like that. Uh, which is yeah, why I mean that also that also matches because game of course also as as the trigger warning at start of the game mentions deals with suicide as well. Yes. Yep. And like it's important to handle that in a respectable way as well, which I think the game does. Yeah. Um, in particular because of the trigger warning, which is something um, my game has as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I got that idea yeah. from you actually. Oh really. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, like I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it until I played uh, Andrea's game. I was like, yeah, we probably want to put something like that up front. 
because oh yeah because this game kind of goes places and it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable yeah, I had to I, tell myself that we were going to do that right up front in order to kind of give myself permission to write the things I felt I needed to write. Mm. I've, I've definitely showed people, hey, I did the soundtrack for a game. They're like, oh, cool, the, the soundtrack's really cool. And then I'm like, yeah, uh, maybe read the warning before you play it, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We make, sure, we make sure all of that stuff is, 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 is visible both on the website and right up front as soon as you boot the game. Yep. <clears throat> so that Anna, when Anna first played it, her first reaction was, A, no, I'm not going to do this. And then she said, I feel too kind of voyeuristic, mm-hmm. which... I think was something that we've commented on in media before is when things get a little real, mm-hmm. you can kind of get that feeling of like you're watching out something I that you shouldn't. shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and that was actually her idea was is somebody getting these two people to kill each other because they're getting off on it basically, and, and that was like the first twist poss- possibility that came to her mind, and I was like, well, that's that's, that's genius. Fucking a- Let's address that, and so I, so that was, so Anna talking to to it about talking about that with Anna was kind of that initial push into my first chunk there, and I feel like that worked out really well, and also was kind of what gave me was able to give me that mental permission to sort of let loose and just write what I really wanted to write. Yeah, because um, that that first chunk was the most violent thing that I that was in the game. Yeah, um, it was pretty violent. Yep, and <laughs> so I was almost like, okay, I need to if I do this and this is okay. I, I sent it to you just like you can change whatever you want, and we'll put a trigger warning. I just this I hope you don't hate it, and you you liked it a lot. And yeah, then, yeah. Like, like, I had okay, no I idea. Actually, like, I had no idea where John was going to go with this. And then when I got it back, I, like I said, the first time I got it back was just like, oh, this is something just way bigger now. This is a mu- this is like a real for really reals big, big pants project. <laughs> um, and even then it was like we were halfway through the first draft, basically. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's, I, I think the end results around 20,000 words, so yeah. like a novella. Yeah. Which feels right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90 minutes of playtime. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good deal. Um, does anybody else have any points that they kind of want to break up on their uh, parts of what they contributed to the game? Like, feel free. I do have a final... My third part of the music extravaganza. Oh, let's go. This is So... Once I added the clean guitar parts, which are the very pretty, organic-type sounding things in the game, I'm like, okay, now we need to add some nasty. Because <laughs> I had a bunch of synthesizer and sampled, like, noisy bits. Yeah. But I was like, mm. Like, it's noisy, but it's like... It's like noise without punch. It needs some teeth. So the first thing I did was, of, of my many musical talents, drums are actually not one of them. <laughs> like, I struggle with drums a lot when I'm making music, but I was sitting down and I'm like, this thing, it needs something, like, definitively percussive. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm like, okay, I've just, I pulled up, I have, like, a little, 
I have a bunch of little gadgets. So I have one that's designed for like playing synthesized drums or sampled drums. So I'm like, okay, I'm just not gonna complicate it. I'm just gonna stick to like bass drums and snares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's that kind of that you hear in the noisy bits. Yeah, gotcha. And then everything else, uh, again, when I was like, okay, so now I need guitar over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think in the noisy bits, one of the fun things is unlike in the quiet parts where the guitar kind of rises above the static, mm-hmm. and the noisy bits, the guitar is most of the static. Yeah. Because... <laughs> so I have a little gadget. It's called a Boss FZ2 Hyperfuzz. Oh, okay, I know what that is. And for those of you who don't, I'm explaining it. Do it. There's a there's a band called Electric Wizard. Mm-hmm. And they in the 90s and early 2000s, they had two albums. One was called Come My Fanatics, and one was called Dope Throne. Yep. <laughs> and Just Oborn, the guitarist and singer, used a little pe- uh, an effect pedal called the Boss FC2 Hyperfuzz, mm-hmm. which is why I own one, actually. And it basically makes your guitar sound like a piece of industrial <laughs> equipment. Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so... And then add to that the fact that uh, the bulk of the music in this game was composed on an eight-string guitar. What happens is that you're intruding into the bass guitar range and then feeding it through a completely over-the-top distortion Distortion, And you're just getting this god-awful sound and mess. (laughs) Yeah, so it basically what it does is it over-distorts your sound sucks all of the mid-range out. Oh my god. And then uh, it adds because it uses a circuit called full wave rectification it adds a pseudo it's basically an upper octave effect Mm -hmm. but it's like a ring modulated (laughs) upper octave so it doesn't really sound natural and it adds a lower octave as well just through an accident of analog technology. Nice. So what you get is just this kind of brick of <laughs> uh, I don't know, chainsaw type sound. Yep. So that's where in the bulk of the the, tw- the big 12 minute monster track is called I Want to Kill Her which I came up with at the last minute after yeah. seeing the trailer. And yeah. Actually I, think mm-hmm. I may have played the beta before I came up with that name. Yeah, I think you got the beta before because the trailer was about a week before uh, we released. So So I got the beta and that's how that came up that's how that name came up. And so that's where a lot of just the noise and static is. There's a little bit of synthesizers and like bits of the quiet parts kind of chewed through different types of processing. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of it is just like a super downtuned guitar run through the gnarliest most useless effect pedal on the planet. <laughs> sounds so good oh yeah oh no it sounds amazing i love it but then comes the problems oh no this beast of a fucking song probably topped out at about 26 tracks yep i thought that much and i wasn't super um cognizant of my plug-in management Uh oh Uh oh so all of the echo so like this 
for the non-musically inclined, delay and reverb are two different types of echo effects that create the impression that what you're hearing is in, like, a space. Yeah. Like, an actual space. So those are usually where this problem happens, because amateur producers will put an individual thing on every track instead of just making what's called an auxiliary track. Yeah. Well, I'm well past that amateur mistake and into another amateur mistake where I don't actually use physical amplifiers for my guitar. I use a a software thing called Positive Grid Bias Amp. I know what that is. It's a uh, imitation of a guitar amp that's loaded on your computer. So I had about eight guitar guitar tracks running bias at the same time. So when I was trying to make the final bounce down of this fucking of this fucking song, it maybe took me I don't know. It probably took my computer like 45 minutes to do it. And it's not like I have a bad computer. Like, you know, I have like a fairly recent MacBook Pro with a solid state drive. Yeah. Core i5 processor, 8 gigabytes of RAM. Like, you're doing good. Like, this is a machine to to solidly make music with. It's just, there's so much going on in this track. And then there's also, like, you know, I'm using, like, uh, Ableton Live. One of the reasons I like it is it allows you to use the Max DSP programming architecture natively. Yeah. So you can have people who custom-made instrument, like, software instruments and effects. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of like the really out there things are running off of Max for Live, but those take a lot of CPU as well. Yeah. So this utter monstrosity of a song just kind of was like the first real stress test I've ever given to my computer in the music recording uh, type field. Good <laughs> Jeepers. Lord. That's incredible. But yes, yeah, so this, this. That's really cool. And also, speaking of mental illness, guess who suffers from panic attacks? Uh-oh. It's your friendly neighborhood tailor. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, maybe you can't hear it in this song, but that's kind of, you know... I don't know if I was trying to directly draw on panic attacks, but it kind of snuck its way inside somehow. I, I definitely felt it, because I'm also one who has panic attacks every so often and yeah can definitely relate it to the audio I I talked to someone that played the game and like they had to stop because that like the music like it took them to that state of mind of a panic attack and it was too claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and it freaked them out they had to stop I get that the project file was called lick my love pump lick my love pump (laughs) because (laughs) It, this is kind of a secret, uh, is that this song is actually in D minor. <laughs> but one of the funny little tricks when you're creating dissonance, you can do the cheap way of just using a lot of distortion. Yeah. Or you can use a lot of distortion and you can use clever uh, minor key tonalities. Mm-hmm. So part of that claustrophobia is that this song doesn't actually have much in the way of a resolution. Yeah. Like it this particular one does 
it never really resolves back to the root of the key it's in. Nope. Mm -hmm. So your brain is always looking for it. Yeah, and it sort of goes into a panic mode when you're not getting that loop. It's just constant building dissonance and tension, but you're never getting to the end result. (laughs) You're like like Skrillex without the drop. Yeah. (laughs) Which is actually the opposite approach I took for the other song. Yes, the other song. In the game. Uh, The other song in the rain, but... We'll probably, uh, let's, we'll talk, we'll leave, we'll put that to, uh... Spoiler part. Put that in the spoiler cast? We'll put yeah, that in we'll, the spoiler we'll part. That. All right, all right. I have a lot to say about that as well. But all we'll right, all right. Time. Yeah, the lullaby was a thing we'll be talking about. That was a, ooh, that was a process. Um, <laughs> also, we wound up changing it from lullaby to her lullaby, um, because lullaby on its own didn't seem super punchy to you, and also it's the name of a um, novel Pure by song the for one. It's the, novel, it's the name of a novel by the Fight Club guy, and I was like, yeah. oh, no. I also like no, the idea... You. I also like the idea of using her lullaby because it could refer to anybody. Um, yep. The, like, both character, both of our main characters, you know, have that moment. Um, and I think that that's really why it stuck with me as her lullaby, and not really specifying whose, because both characters... I think the third- I think it also refers to the third character, too. Yes, and it refers to the third character in a very, very interesting way, which we'll talk about. All right. So, uh, anybody else want to jump in and add uh, kind of like what was, you know, your, you know, like anything else that you would want to talk about concerning your part of this game's production? Mm-hmm. I think I'm good. All right. Andrea? Do you want to get good? into the explicit? We're just going to run through kind of each chunk of the game and talk about our reactions to it and its inception. Well, it's gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna do that. Okay. Uh, but first, uh, a final roundtable question for everybody at the table. Uh, oh. Excluding myself and John, I suppose, because this is more for the people that kind of added to our work. Uh, what was your feelings on sort of how your uh, work was used in the final game? Like, what were your final thoughts? Do you feel that we did your work justice? Anybody? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll start. Carmi <laughs> um, pops up. Nope. <laughs> I just talked, I just talked for a really long time. I didn't want to go first. Okay. <laughs> um, honestly, it's like because as I've said, I still haven't played it mostly because it's like horror is not my thing. And it's kind of not. Um, and you've had a bad it, spot, so you don't yeah. you don't need to be reading a game like this if you're in a real bad it, spot. But uh, when. Uh, when Poncho started his uh, playthrough, it's like, okay, there we go. I can I can experience it that way. Cool. So, um, and it's uh, it's honestly very surreal for me to see my work like used in another thing, mm-hmm. especially because it's like I didn't play like the beta or anything, so it wasn't like where I was seeing like each step. So it's like that's my work. <laughs> that's a thing. And, um, it's yeah, and it's like it's neat, but it's still just one of those things where it's like, wow, that that's something I did and it's like, and it's being used, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, it's being used how it was supposed to be used, of course, but it's still just like, there's still that disconnect to me where it's just like, huh, that's the thing I did. (laughs) But it is, it's still neat to see though. Cool. Cool. Um, Andrea, how do you feel about, uh, your final work appearing in the game and overall, how did you feel? Well, I'm, I was very pleased with it. Uh, I am, I don't know how long it took me to play through the game. It's like I played it in one sitting, mm-hmm. um, 
and um, I got all the endings. I didn't get I didn't get the true ending lost, which kind of bugs me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, when um, when I got to that point and I got to see my art, it, like it, it it felt like it fit. And it, I, I, I was a little worried it wouldn't because I had no idea what the story was about. <laughs> <laughs> like all I knew about the game was that it was going to feature some heavy subjects. Yeah. And it was going to be two girls, and Polly promised me it was gay. Yes, it's very gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, but, I, like, yeah, I, 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 I felt it fit in really well. I'm very, I'm very happy with how my work was used. And one of the main reasons why I wanted someone else to do that ending CG is because it's artistic in a moment. It's like, we're bra- like, it, you know, in those final moments, all of the static and music go away and you get just the wilderness. And like, you know, you are outside of that environment now, you know, and we take the character art away and you're just given narration. And I wanted to use different art other than Carmichael's to kind of, like, represent a new beginning. Like, like they got out of here. This is something new. Yeah. Like, these characters mm-hmm. are now, you know, their lives are changed forever, and now they have to go forward into something new. That's why I really wanted a different art style for uh, the final yeah. CG of the game. And that was kind of interesting in terms of drawing it as well, because I don't normally end up drawing based on other people's art. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you sent me the uh, art for Taco, uh, I, I made sure to match, like, the colors, the color palette mm-hmm. properly. But I, like, I knew, like, okay, well, I can't draw exactly like this, because that's not my style. Yeah, that's but not I, what I would want, that's not what I wanted exactly. you to do. But I, I still wanted to be clear that, yeah, this is the same character, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I think they came out fine, and it was, it was really fun drawing Sal as well because you didn't have any art for Sal. Yeah, she's um, never seen, and that was a fun yeah. little thing to kind of reveal at the end. Is yeah, like, that, yeah, that made that final shot even better. I felt because, like, you I don't, are you even given much of a description? Yeah, when you place Taka, you get a short description mm-hmm. of uh, Sal. Yeah. That's about it, and it, it, I thought it was a really nice touch to have her appear in the ending, even if you only see it from behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, 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 it was very fun to work on, it was very fun to see in game. Cool, cool. Yay. Taylor, what did you feel? How do you feel about the fun, the, the game's usage of you, the, the, you know, the final thing that you put together? <clears throat> oh, well, I, I guess up until I finally played, got to play it, I was a little nervous because every because like John and Polly had John and Polly who are in this chat and I'm referring to in the third person <laughs> <laughs> because you two had always you, you had assured me that the music was perfect yes and better than you could have imagined and holy shit <laughs> and I'm like I, I'm still worried that like I was still worried about how the music would tie into everything because I seriously knew not like one thing <laughs> about this game. <laughs> Especially because I didn't I, I I apparently didn't even need much uh advisement because like I said I finished the final song pretty much in one go. Yeah you were on the ball with that thing. Which which was good because it was like just before I started uh yeah. on, 
a truly nightmarish uh, fucking semester. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not just because of school, but because of some uh, family shit. Yeah. That I'm that I'm still kind of bitter about. Everyone's favorite thing to deal with. <laughs> so it, it was. I'm I'm kind of glad that I got it out as expediently as I did because I would have had like. I either would have had no time, or I don't think it would have been as good. Ah. Uh... <laughs> But when I did play it, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I was like, "Where did I? Where did this music come from? Did I actually make this?" <laughs> when I finally played the game, like, did somebody who actually knew what was going on in this game make this? And yet, at the same time, I feel like my utter detachment from the whole thing added to just the utterly oppressive atmosphere of the whole shebang. Yeah. Kubrick said that about um, 2001 was that he used a bunch of placeholder classical music for the game that was not made with his movie's mm-hmm. story in mind and then he had a whole score made for the movie and then he put it in and it's like oh no this is much worse because <laughs> it wasn't made it was made with the exact events in mind yeah. and existed within those events instead of outside them yeah I really think that's why the music works so well. It's just or because we're like Stanley Kubrick. That's it. That we were geniuses, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Although, um, you know, you didn't drive any of us to a nervous breakdown. So. I'm glad. That's I'm true. glad. I was always worried throughout the whole process of like I'm bothering people for stuff, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, cool. y- yeah. I have to know when to like, cause like I was the one doing all the asset asking and doing around. John didn't do any of that shit, cause. John's lazy. <laughs> uh, so I was the one going around kind of like asking people and you know for stuff and being like, you know, like look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back in the future for this, don't worry. You know, I got you. Uh, but can you do this thing for me? <laughs> <laughs> so I already I already thought that the track as a standalone was pr- was like the best thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But when I final but when I finally got to see it in context, it was like elevated to a whole other level that's so cool that's so yeah. cool it's really cool and there's actually there is another again we'll get to that another piece of music that i did not write ah <laughs> uh, yep 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 but i performed a version of at the very end yeah and again i'll talk I won't get too deep into that because I feel like I could talk forever about the music for this fucking game. <laughs> just, a, just a bit. So, so I guess with that, we're going to round out the sort of post mortem making of like, like I feel like like all secrets are known now. Like we've kind of spilled the beans on most everything that's not super duper plot related. That's going to be coming up mm-hmm. here in just a few minutes.
Okay, so that's basically, in a nutshell, how this thing technically all came together. So now, we're going to just spoil the shit out of the game. Um, even though we've kind of done a few bits and spoilers here and there, we're going to kind of break the game down. Um, I don't know how everybody else sees it, but the game to me has always kind of felt like three distinct acts where you have kind of the opening scene up through to be continued, which is kind of like that would be act one along with its varying branching paths. And then I see act two being the prologues, which kind of fill in all of the ad, the gaps and answers a lot of questions. And then the third act is end game plus epilogue. Is that kind of how you kind of see it? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Makes sense to you. All right, John. You're at the wheel. Uh, guide us through her lullaby. Since I went ahead and drove the first half, I'll go ahead and let you drive the sure second. Thing. All right. I think what I think we can just talk about kind of like the events. Uh, yeah, that the, happened. the events that happened, how like we wrote them, how they unfolded, and y'all feel free to react to those and however you like. Like yeah. you know, like if you want to criticize something, if you liked it, disliked it, if it was something you particularly liked, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're kind of just. I wouldn't go- mind like talking about. Um, the initial draft we sent each other and sure. kind of our initial reactions and sure. then things that we changed, like maybe late in the game. Sure. Um, so the first chunk, um, one thing one thing that was really satisfying for me was like the last month or so, I went over the script multiple times and did just a shit ton of editing. Yeah, that was the basically John's last month with the project uh, while mm-hmm. we were like getting assets together and uh, making sure our coding was good and all of that fun stuff. People testing it, but just like going over the pros with a fine tooth comb mm-hmm. and tweaking all of that. So that was like. Um, I think when we first, I first got that first chunk and which was from the beginning to the dead end and the choice mm-hmm. and all that I changed was I added the, um, initial choice with the first red text choice yes. where you choose to kill her. And then you have the other option not to, if you, um, depending on your choices earlier, yeah, um, which sort of introduced the structure for the rest of the game. Yeah, we basically follow. because the game is mean and it locks you out of choices once certain other choices have been made and things like yeah. that, which is real fun. Yeah, so if you make a negative choice, then it locks you into a um, then it locks you into a bad end, basically, and you have to receive certain bad ends in order to unlock the prologues. Yes, so the game's meant to just be replayed, and you gain new endings and then once you've unlocked the two prologues and and played through them then it lets you continue on into the end game yeah um so there's three flags you have to hit basically in order to unlock the ending of the game Mm -hmm. um so that was the first thing was establishing that structure with the red text and choices and then locking you out of those choices depending on your actions Mm -hmm. which was based on what you sent what what originally happened was that it would just continue onward into the dead end depending on your first depending on your um first choice yeah if you looked at the knife first instead of uh looking at your surroundings it's kind of like you know looking look you can look at it as her kind of like thinking more of the negative side of things of like okay i'm gonna look at the knife first because that's the first thing that came to mind rather than maybe accept you know assessing the situation so she's already given herself to whatever bad thoughts are going to happen because she chose to look at the knife first Mm-hmm. That actually um, uh, makes me want to bring this up uh, for um, me and the other two who weren't part of writing the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
which endings did you get first? Um, the first one we wrote, we wrote Dead End first. Well, well, well no, no, like, what she means is, to people that actually played the game, which ending oh, did they get yeah. first? So, Taylor, what ending did you get first? Oh, um... I almost, I almost want to pull up the flowchart so that I can even remember. <laughs> Most people I talk to either get Dead End first or To Be Continued. I think yeah. I got... No, that's the one. I couldn't remember what it was called. I got To Be Continued first. Okay. Welcoming mm-hmm. End, yeah. Because I was... I kind of went in with the assumption that um, I wouldn't have to, like, do basically everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was trying to do... I was trying to get, like, the good end the first time mm. all the way through, mm. which kind of just get... which kind of just... Uh, funnels you towards uh, the to-be-continued ending. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I underestimated how much people would just try to be nice. Yeah, Um, that's something that really surprised me, too. (laughs) Like, the... the, Mm -hmm. Because, like, that was something that, like, I got on the first night a couple people on Discord were like, I I got to-be-continued, and I, you know, like, what? What am I doing? Like, why can't I get past to-be-continued? It's like, well, you got to do some other things that you... That that might not be... That might be a little unsavory. (laughs) Mm, I think I never. Go ahead. I I never do the evil shit first in a video game. I always (laughs) save that for a second playthrough. (laughs) The thing is, like, if if you look at the knife first, you lock yourself in. Yes. But since the first of all, the knife was the second choice. So Mm -hmm. like, both the choice like, oh yeah, I should look at these things. Well, let's check the surroundings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Might have been better to put knife on knife on top. Just try to trick more people in. Yeah. I didn't realize that you know you lost choices uh, and stuff (laughs) in the second playthrough. Because it's important yeah. to because it's important to me that people understand that going to the climax. So I feel like that's a weakness because um, if you go get to be continued, that unlocks the first prologue, and then you go to the main screen and you click wake up. You go through the whole prologue and then you go to the main screen, start a new game. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize. Oh, mm. I just need to keep replaying this and finding new endings. Yeah. Because yeah. they got that first prologue, so they thought, oh, what's next? Um, and a few people are like, is that the end of the game? I think no. it works. I, I think it still works well because oh. even if you get the good to be continued in first, that mm. just means that you actually reach the horrific shit later on. Yes. It gives it a build up that it wouldn't otherwise have. So I think it still works. But it was kind of interesting is because I, I, as, as everyone else, I was trying to get the good ending. I wanted to see my art. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. The red ones seem dangerous. I'm not going to take the red ones. <laughs> and then. Yeah, then it got to be continued, and the first prologue wake the wake up bit, and mm. uh, I think it worked. But it was interesting just because I I didn't realize you locked yourself in until later. Mm. And I think the people that were stuck after getting the first prologue and they're like, "What do I just have to re- do? I just replay the whole game?" And then I feel like in a visual novel where all you can do is make choices and get endings, it's pretty it's pretty okay to expect players to replay the yeah. game and get two yeah. different choices and get different yeah. endings. Yeah, And there's a handy so a skip few... text button, so... Yeah, there were a few people where I was like, just play it some more. You're just, good. Yeah, you're fine. What do I do? People who would ask me that with, like, asking... I think there was the, I think it was the sense that asking me wouldn't be cheating, like, looking at the guide packaged with the game would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I tried Which to make I, it. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I tried to make it as unspoilery as possible. Uh, you know, you only get the ending names, but I had to differentiate them because it's just like you know, like 
you you, you kind of have to make that a little non-confusing. Uh, so exactly. Um, so we got through the dead end. We established the. I put in. I you had the knife in yellow text, and I remade that as um, red text. To, yeah. Because I introduced the backpack in red text, and then a li- long ways down the line with the, um, with the pepper spray inside, and I had that in red text, and then nothing happens for a big chunk, and then she picks up the backpack while doing something innocuous, and the backpack's in red text. Yes. <laughs> so I was very proud of that. That was really of. fun. Like it's, I like <clears throat> to think of it as visual novel sleight of hand. And as we go along, something that I think that we never intended to do is that I think we kind of deconstructed the visual novel idea a bit with the way choices work in this game. Um, I, I think we're very smart, and clever. We're, we're obviously we're geniuses, uh, yes. but but I like to think that we like we approach them in a way that isn't conventional. Mm-hmm. Nothing about like Undertale. Like don't don't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so so um what 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 are some key scenes you'd like to hit on in this kind of this big first act that you think are uh um I spent a lot of time on that camera and then I think you camera. changed it anyway, which was and it made it look better. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, you wanted to have a little bit more be more visible. Yeah. Um so that whole camera scene and the tension leading up to that, that was the the we put a lot of also the backpack and her looking at it, her own cell phone was that that whole choice was a sec late addition because it felt like there was a huge chunk of time without any choices and mm-hmm. it felt like the telling her her name wasn't sufficiently like going out on a limb yeah trusting yeah so it, talking to her saying yeah here's my cell phone I got that it still has battery that's more of a demonstration of trust yeah. Than, than just saying, yeah, I'm Sal. Also, the um, the, the cell phones uh, also kind of tie to each other because Taco's prologue also has a cell yeah. phone. So both scenes kind of having a cell phone, I kind of like that they're both used a little differently. And uh, shout-outs to both John and Rhett because I made those <laughs> cell phone graphics with uh, uh, all of the their, their references to their games and stuff like I'm- that. I noticed a few references in there, yeah. And I, I loved the scene where, you, where uh, Taco got the texts. The, the uh, oh, that's, that's, that's going to be real yeah. good. That's a prologue, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Also, the the the, the ringtone, uh, Taco's ringtone, is uh, the uh, one-up sound from Super C. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of little references in there that kind of tie us in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a scene that I really liked a lot. We talked about it earlier. Was the the the, the moment where you have the bonding of these two characters coming together and realizing that they're honestly really just scared shitless, mm-hmm. um, and the lullaby actually coming into play. And um, I really wanted that moment, like where like you know Taco is the one comforting Sal, but Sal could actually like she wasn't humming the lullaby for Sal at all and that scene really it was more for herself because you know like I like the image of feeling her shaking under the coat like knowing that like you know I had a lot of fun and it was uh, also kind of like just kind of like really hard to kind of keep it together writing that little scene and diving into that weird feeling yeah. of fear and, and, and 
looking for anything to hold on to and trust in a moment when you're just scared positively shitless. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the parts where you fleshed it out a lot. Um, that yeah. was sort of the, the dynamic was that um, I'd look at what you wrote and then take out a bunch of words, and you'd look what I wrote and add words that were necessary. Yeah, yeah, it kept this balance. Great, because John likes brevity, and I'm very wordy when it comes to mm-hmm. things. And the only time I was really adamant, I was only really adamant about him not taking my words away in the end game. Like mm-hmm. I was like, you know, you can like if things need to be tightened up and stuff, but like this end game, I know in my heart it needs to be worded the exact way I have worded it. There are mm. like like I needed every moment there. It wasn't for word count. I'm not trying to pad. It's just mm-hmm. I need the player to kind of feel that tension every moment. I want every text box to be cringing hoping something bad isn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I think what it wound up being was that with the end game, I was like this uh, where um I wanted to just kind of I think it came across that I wanted to cut out large chunks of it to make it all the whole thing flow a lot faster yeah when in reality i was just kind of like individual sentences i wanted to punch up and generally make a little more descriptive or or just like flow better uh, in Mm -hmm. in general yeah i think there's a lot of um began to verb and continued to verb yeah and then replacing them with verbs (laughs) yeah yeah just kind of john began to get up john got up um, so that was a fun editing project was like, what do I value in a sentence, especially with senses of action? Yeah. Um, senses of murder, which come up a lot. Oh yeah. There might be a little bit of murder in this game. I don't know if y'all know that. Yeah. Just a little bit of murder. Just a little bit. But then that bit. also, but then also I'll put in scenes where I don't really actually f- put in what's necessary for the emotional resonance of it. And that's kind like of where the, I came along and yeah like fleshed that out a bit yeah but still respected what you had already put in place it's just i yeah it was a bad it was a constant back and forth punching up really exactly Um, i think the pros wound up for people who are not like either professionally trained mm -hmm. or and have not written a bunch of fiction before i'm pretty proud of how that prose turned out like i think that's like the one thing that's like the i'm completely like the story of this game is so, like, close to my heart and perfect. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that this was sort of both of our first effort at that and just the way the words came together yeah. was as solid as it is made me feel really good and excited about moving forward with more writing projects. Absolutely. Um... So, believe it or not, during that second chunk there that I sent, um, the all the murder was very lovingly crafted from the get-go, but then you had to punch up the nice scene. Yeah, I had to make the, 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 the nice, cute scene. But, like, the violence also is, you know, again, it's it's um, um, it's off-putting, but it's also very important to the story and also very important to the mood we're creating. And also, just as people trying to express things that are inside of us that are probably really ugly that need to get out, like, we got those things out in a way that I felt it's very healthy. and uh, mm-hmm. And we did it without making it torture pointy or you know again yeah. like we mentioned like not um pointing a finger at mental illness or anything we we you know, it, it's very well balanced i think mm-hmm. um what about you taylor any uh, specific scenes for you in like sort of that first act that come to mind be they endings or just individual things that you liked 
for me, I think the most um, impactful sequence in the sort of first act was probably like when Sal is on the verge of like flipping her wig. Mm-hmm. And then when she like relents and then just the whole sequence with the debut of the lullaby, I thought was really like right in the feels for me. Oh, <laughs> such a, yeah. yeah. And the, and the lullaby itself is actually something that was not actually in the game for the beta. Uh-huh. That didn't actually get put in until probably maybe what a week before release. We didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we spent a long time without a lullaby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that um, took a that took a while. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Andrea? Any specific scenes in that first kind of big chunk that kind of stand out for you that you particularly enjoyed or? felt maybe could have used work something anything what you got i really i really liked the uh, tacos the way she dealt with stress using humor mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it was a really nice touch because it, it it sort of it threw the um, the tone and atmosphere of the scene sort of out of balance in a good way yeah because mm-hmm. it it made you weren't really sure what to expect when she was cracking jokes about stuff and and sal like uh sal's terrible Attempted a knock knock joke. Yeah, that was a great punchline. That me. one's all John. That was so hilarious. It killed me. <laughs> there were a couple of very funny moments in this story that when I got to them, but John wrote them both. Uh, there are a couple <laughs> of real funny things that happened. And I, I literally just died laughing at the computer the first time I saw them. But that's the first one. The knock knock joke is real good. <laughs> God. Yeah, the scene where she discovers the camera was meant to be very... That that was... Um, we spent a, a big part of the editing project, editing process wasn't just punching up the pros. It was thinking really hard about how fast the text is moving in each given scene. Yep. Um, because we were both alternating between not using the slow text when it was necessary mm-hmm. and then overusing it so that yeah. it would lose its impact. Yeah. Um, which I think we wound up striking a really good balance. Yeah. Um, cut the cuts to black, the use of the static, the where does the music come in, where does the music come out, the flashes to white, the tackle sound effects, that where I got that pepper spray sound effect off the internet. Yeah! Cut that in. Um, the zipping sound effect, all those little touches that were necessary to make... Because, wow, like, that, the whole... <laughs> um... Because the Boyer end was the most violent part of the game, and it was one of the first things I sent you. It was like, is it? Am I really allowed to just yeah, like what the, I feel? The Boyer end is by far probably the most disturbing uh, ending <laughs> in the game. Yeah, but again, but again, but straight it, in the throat. Yeah, <laughs> but again, it's like it's it's. I think it's a really important scene. Mm-hmm. God, you know, I. Just, I, I I did like yep. that moment because it was uh, similar to a, a cut ending from Escape, my horror game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, yeah, the character uh, did a, a throat slit with a knife in that one as well. Oh. Um, but I ended up cutting that. And the difference there was that I actually had animated the hand and stuff, so it like, would pop up. Oh, and God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can... <laughs> Sorry. I just can't stop fucking. John's getting a real kick out of this real funny game we made. <laughs> I just thought we have one friend who really cannot deal with throat trauma. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. 
I made, uh, I made that friend a special version. Yeah, we actually made him a special version without that specific moment. It's not just that I took it out, it's that I replaced it. Yeah, like you just indulged in something else. I trauma. Yeah, I said that I said that to Taylor and Polly. It was like, um Oh, it's just this really funny exchange where something like exchange just exchanging that scene for something else that was yeah like ugh, but and something that would be real squicky for me since I have like eye problems. I said that was what it was. I sent that joke as a I sent that as a joke over to you. Yeah, and then I realized after sending it. Wait a minute, Polly's got a lot of issues with eyes, and I. <laughs> Specifically cited like her like stabbing to the, the eye that you were having that was hurting so much. Yeah, it's so bad, and it was the same fucking eye too. <laughs> oh. It's so, that's so, so good. So I, if, what sh- what I hope comes across also is that um, I think one thing you can say about her lullaby is that it really leans into an almost. Um, melodramatic tone where it's just so grinding yeah violent just kind of consistently like even Rhett pointed out that like the death endings in the first act of the game before you really get to know the character kind of just were like what they came out of left field for him and didn't really have as much emotional impact as they did visceral impact Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of moments where we found humor in the game yeah Mm -hmm. um, especially near the end we were adding in a few moments oh god there's a real good there's a real good rewrite in the end game that got happened when we started talking like we had a little we had a little powwow after our first uh, draft was finished and we, we we changed something that we'll talk about later that ended up being like kind of one of the best moments in the game i think oh boy i think i know what i think i know what you're referring <laughs> it's to. real good so there, there is a funny, there is, there's, there is like legit funny moments in Act One, like when Tok, like when Taco is telling Sal that her girlfriend says she's really bad in bed. Yeah, <laughs> like and and and, and Taco and, and Sal being genuinely just distraught about this. <laughs> like I'm now questioning my sexual prowess, and I'm locked in a basement. Fantastic. <laughs> It's real good. It's so good. And just, like, her getting real defensive about it. I'll show you who's bad. It's just, like, that cute little moment there mm-hmm. that only happens when you have trust. It's really, really cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it might also come back around later. Perhaps. <laughs> so, even, I think, in the moments that were, like, um, very serious. Like in the first dead end, there's a line where she's like, I was just focusing on the oozing blood and the coming reality <laughs> of my own death. And then it's I, so I, melodramatic. I taken that line and I popped it out to Polly and I was just like, I love this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so over the top and kind of like and there's, it's, it's a, we wound up with such an anime villain too. Yeah. With, um, basically. There's a lot about it that was just very funny to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it was finding humor in things that were very serious to us that also wound up helping us process shit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, you know, like, finding the humor and, like, putting in the, in it, being able to put it into the game and make it work really well 
you know, actually kind of helped a lot with looking at the shit that's stressing you out in real life and being like, there's some real fucking humor in this. <laughs> she stabs her neck and then falls over and dot, 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 Ow. Ow. <laughs> oh, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um... Yeah, so I think that, that, like yeah, that's that kind of like all of the death routes basically. Exactly, um, and that was also that was also the bit with the camera was yeah. more of that. All right, what's the most obvious answer here? And the first was like the was the sexual voyeur aspect of yeah. this getting people to really put each other somehow through some gas or drug. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first thing that popped into both of our heads. Yeah, and so we just had that as an answer in that very second chunk. And then you wrote um, ta- uh, Taco's prologue and Taco's bit after... Um, that comes after the retry one- end, where, yeah, yeah the, like, the retry end is where, like, you know, we, we meet Lori. Um, <laughs> and it's a very disturbing scene. Like, I think, I, th- I think Lori's very disturbing in that scene, just the way she's so nonchalant about everything. And it's just like, no, 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 it's okay, baby, it's okay. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you bloody? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then you kind of, like, you know, fly off of a retry end, where it's just like, we're just going to try again. Um oh, God. And then, yeah. the, and then we go black. And then, like when you start again, you're at you're at Taco's prologue, and there's an intentional. Uh, yeah, is that Taco's or, or or Lori's? It's Taco's prologue from there. No, that's Lori's. Okay, now Lori's. Oh, that's right. That's right. Like, okay, Lori Taco's goes. Talk- yeah, yeah. Lori's is from or, or Lori's is from retry end, which makes mm-hmm. sense because, you know, she comes in and it's just like we we're gonna try again, and then we find out who Lori is and what she's doing. So we're, we're starting to get into kind of prologue territory, I think, now. Um, but before we do that, is there anything else we want to cover in that first act? Um, more of that last bit after retry end, I think. Oh, yeah. Because um, this was something that I noticed. I don't know if it's something we thought about or mm-hmm. talked about, really. Um, one of the things you said very early on was no... Sexual assault in yes, the absolutely well, in the story that was extremely important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, yes, I'm completely down for that. Yes, yes, please, thank you. Um, I definitely don't want that. Don't want to do that. No. Um, and then, but that is the one scene where um, there's two kisses in the game, and one of them is Laurie just kind of leaning down and kissing Taco, and Taco has that visceral like, oh yeah, this is normal, and then oh god, no, it, this it, is not. So me. like. Just because of that context where that was where we were starting the game, like that beat in particular just kind of really skis me out with Lori. That's kind of what I wanted ha- to, 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 mm-hmm. to happen there, though. I wanted to kind of... Because, like, we needed... Like, 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 like Lori kind of had to be um, an awful person for us to kind of justify her actions. And at that point, we were I wasn't really sure where you were going with the prologues. Or what you were going to do with her. So, like, that kind of... That, that momentary beat of having her kiss Taco in that moment... With, and, and her being skeeved out by it after the fact... was Yeah, not during, but right Not during, but after. It was kind of just like... For one, it's a natural human emotion, I think. 
Um, and two, like, I kind of think that that's kind of when, like, Laurie needed to start being painted as a very, very bad person. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think, and I think that beat kind of nails it, even if it's a bit skeevy. I, you know, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say it's not. Mm-hmm. Just that that's a moment that really stuck with me for, and moving into writing Taco stuff, um, Laurie's stuff, I think. Yeah. So that struck me as a point. You also... Yeah, are you ready to move into prologue stuff? Uh, sure. Uh, do we want to go Lori prologue first, or Taco first? You wrote Tacos first. Okay, uh, Taco's prologue was pretty, like, <clears throat> I knew what I was going to do. I knew she was going to wake up before Sal and kind of not understand what the hell was even going on. It was just all, like, that entire scene is just disorientation and confusion. Uh, and I knew that I wanted that prologue to end the moment Sal wakes up. But what I didn't know what I was going to fill in in the middle was the really fun stuff that just kind of hit out of nowhere. It's just like, what mm-hmm. if, what if Taco has a moment where she's actually interacting with whoever did this and doesn't know it? And then it's just like, in the moment, it was just like, how do I do that? How do I convey it? cell phone? And then you get like that awesome, the, the texts, like her sending a text and it's just like that's it's such you know a real a, a real great uh scene and how it kind of just like God. her getting broken down even more you know before like she's already far more broken down than Sal is when Sal wakes up because like she's already being freaked out by somebody fucking with her over the phone um, and she knows very well that it's the person. I remember going into Discord one night. Is there an emoji that's a knife? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that bit was so good. Do it. 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 It just fucking hucks the phone away, and it's just like that. That you know, I knew it, it, you know, Taco's prologue didn't need to be anything more than that. It was just this mm-hmm. very, like, I wanted to set up just a very uncomfortable, disorienting experience uh, for that prologue, really. And it was just like, and I'm really proud of how it turned out. Uh, other thoughts? Yep. That was a really striking thing. Was was that that whole scene because we had barely any graphics in yeah. at that point. But you went through the effort of creating those images, and it just turned out so well. Yeah, it was like it was so tedious creating those images, but it was just like. <laughs> but by the end, like when I had put it all into the game and strung it together, it was like, oh shit, this is fuck. This is a moment. This is a moment mm-hmm. in the game. It's so good. There's a lot of real good moments. It's pretty great, and it leads back good into the main game as well to start because um, Taco asked Sal if she's gotten any messages. Yeah. Which she has, of course, because why would she? Exactly. Yeah, that, like, that was an addition, because we were, we put in that whole, the whole scene with with um, Sal's backpack and that extra choice, so we had t- um, Taco's prologue in mind, yeah, putting that in. Yeah, it was so real smart to go back really and helped. do that, too. Just like, like, just tying that Because needed that other choice. Yeah, that consistency being put in there and Taco mentioning messages was uh, super important. <clears throat> Good video game. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I was really pleased with how that prologue came together. And there was one more thing where it's just like, all right, now I just lay down in the bath and think <laughs> real hard. And now we jump to this story. next This next part is all John. Like, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. Believe it or not. Like, uh, Lori's 
prologue and a large part of her characterization is all John. Um, in two parts. In two parts. Uh, like the, 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 like Lori's prologues are very, 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 very important. Uh, so John, why don't you take us through how like mm-hmm. all of it, like, like just like take us through Lori's prologue. Sure. Um, well, at the start of it, we kind of like one of the things we were we have been floating a number of possible answers kind of by each other without like any commitment. Any, any commitment. No. With, like any commitment, and one of them was like, "What if this is a government, like some government facility and testing?" Yeah. And I think what I think I didn't like that, <laughs> and I wanted to like craft something that would be an answer to what's going on and answer almost everything leading into a climax mm-hmm. um, and do it in such a compelling way that it would feel like there didn't need to be another answer beyond that. Yeah. But kind of like if I want to, if I want to demonstrate that, then I can just come up with something that I feel works really well and better. And then we can then move we'll from just there. Roll from that. Like, you exactly. know, you're during that. You, I remember like, Kind of the idea for the final, like, 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 uh, the answer, the solution to, like, what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you just kind of, like, I don't think you wrote it intentionally knowing that's what no. we were doing. You just kind of wrote a you in there. You just kind I of had was... the, There was a moment where it broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Like, just a air of a second. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is creepy and cool. Well, I, well, don't need to go back to that. Um, and so Lori's prologue is stylistically very different from the rest of the game. I did the sound design for it. Um, I got, I found all the images. Mm-hmm. I made all the images. I wrote it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's important to be, I think, um, it is its very own, very unique thing. And it's, it, it's all the better for it because you're, you know, it's intentionally different from the rest of the game. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. look or sound. Yeah. Music of it. it doesn't look or sound anything like the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And since the rest of that game can be does have that kind of droning effect of like, oh, this is violent and horrible, yeah, pretty consistently the whole time. Um, so sort of exchanging that setup for like a more low key dread, where like you're starting outside in a safe situation mm-hmm. and then slowly build. It's the first time Lori kills somebody, yeah, um, yeah. and then building up into something awful, yeah, um, just very kind of meticulously building into that awful scenario and then having the next one, the next, and then the second prologue, which is basically just sort of pure exposition. Like, like, how do we get to where we are now? Yeah. Like, you know, like everything, like Lori's been a bad girl. Mm -hmm. She's done some things. Not probably not good. (laughs) Um, Um, I really like, and there's just something very different about, the exposition and the way that it's done uh, with the prologue. Like, I don't know if you intentionally or unintentionally did so, but her narration and the way that things are narrated from her perspective is just so vastly different. Um, and that's something that kind of like we, you know, we want, we knew we wanted to shift perspectives and just kind of mm-hmm. surprise the player. Like that's why, you know, I did a prologue from taco's perspective because I wanted the player to start it up and kind of start it in the same familiar way. Like you think the game's starting again. And then it's just like, wait a minute, no, you're in somebody else's head now. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, you know, like just completely ran the a distance of 500 football fields of that with Lori in a way that's just so cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciated Laurie's uh, prologue, although they technically are told in reverse, it's, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked it because not only because the perspective changed in the and in the shift in tone as well, because it, but it also introduced a clear focus on this uh, fourth wall breaking voice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I, I I first assumed was like, oh, so this is like, this is like after Laurie's been captured or something. It's like a police interview thing, like. When am I gonna to get to that point? And the way that evolves later on was really interesting. Yeah, like everything that kind of like like I don't know if that was John's intent when writing that that prologue, but when you go and read it and see how the game kind of wraps itself up, and then like the way we went back and kind of like, you know, like you know, the way you end that second prologue. Uh, mm-hmm. That Lori's. was an addition after we. That was an addition the epilogue after the epilogue was written, mm-hmm. so that they po- so that like you jump into that right at the end of the game, and it ties mm-hmm. together. Um, and that's uh, like 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 when you like yeah like so yeah so what are you gonna you know like so why don't you answer my questions like mm-hmm. you're like wait a minute what who is she talking <laughs> to. Yeah, like and then I we re- go right into the yeah. Backs. I really love that mind fuck there of just like, wait, what? <laughs> <clears throat> Why is there a choice here? Who are we talking to? Yeah, it was really well done, and it was really it it, it made it much more interesting to find that that end game mm-hmm. uh, epilogue. So yeah, that was really cool. Um. Yeah, I think what a big part of it that makes Lori feel distinct is that she doesn't talk about her own feelings very much. No, she's um, very... Ex- ex- except in the context of explicit monologues straight at the player. At the start of each prologue, she has just a monologue yeah. explaining her motivations. And, it's, and she's it's, so full of shit. <laughs> and it's total bullshit. Yeah. I'd, I'd watched, I actually watched um, a few um, similar monologues from Bacchino. <laughs> going into that um, it's 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 the thing that i like about how laurie ended up like and i think what kind of makes her character work is that those at, m- prologues even though she's this really dangerous awful uh just fucking just evil person she's she's so fucking childish like i love the language <laughs> like to like the language that was used i really like that it's just magical place <laughs> like that's yeah. so dumb and childish. Like it's like, yeah. I also just love the fact that she's so wrong with everything too. Like she really doesn't get. She anything doesn't that's get going on. anything. She's and so she's completely d- confident. Yes, she she's so full <laughs> of shit and confident about that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> when, I, when I first read that bit, but like, oh, maybe all the bad thoughts gather here, like gravity, and I'm like, what the. What are you talking about? What is this girl on? <laughs> and the thing was, I I wrote that because I hadn't thought of the ghost yet, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know how much Carmi does because I don't think Poncho's finished the ending. Yeah, yeah. So it, he might be in a bit in the dark for coming up. Oh no. Yeah, no, and it's I only got to like his fifth episode out of six, gotcha. so and there's like shit, we're starting. <laughs> uh oh. Oh well. Don't worry, uh, you'll, good, you'll still enjoy it. There's still a lot of prose, yeah. and it's punchy <laughs> reading, so you'll still enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sent that, and I, I kind of intended that to be a satisfying explanation, sort of in the <laughs> sense that everything about Laurie, I kind of wrote seriously, yeah. and then 
looking back on it, realized how fucking funny it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like she's so. such she's such an awful person, but there's so it's really black comedy when you think about it. I mean, the fact it's she's really dark. An anime villain. Yeah,、like、yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Yeah,like。Y
Okay, cool. There's some, don't worry, I, I had some contrivances too, but I kind of tried to, you know, gloss them over a bit. Yeah, I don't think it actually, you see, it doesn't actually matter. Taco still has her coat on, but she went to bed when she was abducted. <laughs> She also has her cell phone. Like, come on, like, okay. I can look at this and some of this shit doesn't make sense, okay? Okay, does it, were they in bed? Ex- mm. yeah, maybe, the, they... maybe Taco and Lori were sitting in bed watching a movie and then Taco fell, fell asleep in Lori's arms, like Lori says that explicitly, mm-hmm. and then got drugged while still in her full outfit with her cell phone in her pocket. Uh, Sal, that's, Sal is less likely. Sal... Maybe was having a really busy, was really having a really fun night, and got home and just kind of flopped down on the bed. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of Lori just carrying her out with her backpack in the other hand. (laughs) That's just really funny. You you see, Lori started hitting the gym. There you go. She decided she was going to start murdering people for fun. Yeah, I definitely get that impression. <laughs> bought a gun, went, bought a gym membership. It's like, it's like, well, if I'm if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be hauling if I'm gonna be hauling dead weight, boom, Hey-o. <laughs> boom. Probably, I should probably increase my squat max. <laughs> and then I was having to think like, okay, they go off a mountain trail that's like two miles into a trail. Did she walk that way with a body? With, like, a person in a duffel bag? And then, okay, there's a road a little off to the side that's just a ten-minute walk. She lugs the body that far, and she drives there. And uh, So the logistics, spatial logistics in written fiction little, are, are something. That might not add up. It's okay, though. Don't worry about it. We're te- no, I think it adds up. I just had to think really hard about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's... So, Taylor, uh, are there any kind of moments here in these, uh, any of these prologues that kind of struck out to you that you would want to talk about? Uh, I think we already covered um, Taco. I keep wanting to say Toko. God damn it. (laughs) Thanks, Carmi. I think we can actually blame Poncho. We can blame Poncho for that because that's that's what he said through his entire LP. Uh, I feel bad. I haven't watched Poncho's LP yet. <laughs> oh, shit. Aw. Alright, so t- when Taco Salad is getting the text messages from <laughs> the mysterious person... Yeah? That, I thought that was, like, really cool and unsettling and... Yeah. Uh, like, help setting up the mystery of, like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, who, how... I mean, there's, it definitely kind of just says, okay, there is a person here. <laughs> Somebody's sending these. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and then we get the answer pretty much right away. Yeah. yeah. And then um, which frees up room to have a fourth party involved. That was a quote I think um, we both really liked was the, I think that Joss Whedon quote about um, always play your cards yeah right away so that you have to come up with new cards yeah i think we did that a lot in this game yeah we didn't hold a lot back Mm-hmm. which i think was good to its effect i'm sorry what are you gonna say andrea what well, i didn't say anything yeah, I mean, oh, I saw- taylor maybe no that was me right. all right so um the other thing i liked um basically like the scene of the first murder in Lori's uh prologue i thought was super like grody and unsettling. <laughs> Put a lot of work into the sound design there. 
Yeah. Splorch. Splorch. I slammed the door. Sh- I closed, slammed the door shut and closed the latch. It's just it? fun to make sound effects for people dying and stuff. Yeah, isn't mm. it? Um, uh, when I, uh, I mean, spoilers, but in, um, in After the Bell Rings, in the prologue, there's a girl who jumps from the roof. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I was supposed to make the sound of her legs breaking the fall. Ouch! Yeah, and I, so I got to, like, I, I, I did some knuckle cracks. I had, like, this bag of ships I, like, mashed together. Mm-hmm. And then I, need, I needed a soft-sounding sound as well, so I, like, used a pillow and, like, slammed the microphone into a pillow. Then I mixed it all together, and everyone who's played it has, like, commented on how yeah. fucking horrifying that's It's grody sounds. as fuck! It's, um, that's kind of, like, how we did our, like, how I did the stab sound effect. It's not just, like, I didn't just want a normal stab sound effect. Like, for some reason, like, I just thought, like, it needs to kind of have, like, this yeah. Kind of thing. So, like, I took part of Taylor's music, added that in. There's a stab sound effect in there. There's there are like six sound effects that make up that one sound effect that are but all it, kind it of works. It, it works too because because it has such a loud effect and the screen goes black with red blood on it. Yeah, it feels like a perfect like. Oops, you fucked up, bad end. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ah oh, shit. Which comes up in the ending, which is really funny because I made John, I made John's heart fucking stop. <laughs> oh, so on the topic of sound effects, um, I've always wanted the sound of the second to last panel and what I just linked you to have been made in real life. <laughs> Uh, and I think you guys sports. managed to get it. I think you guys managed to get it. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> my god, it's sure been watched ten years of this. It's been so many years since I've seen the since I've read the last days of Foxhound. My god. Go, go read the last days of Foxhound, everybody. It's actually amazing. <laughs> Okay, so uh, anything else about the prologues before we start moving on to the end game? I really like how the first prologue la- wraps up with the. There's no reflection. Not at all. Just, She's just fucking done with it. Just close She's the just door. The machine. Just all right. We're good. That's just so fucking awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that was very so much like we- I want to write more mm-hmm. yeah we reading that was oh yeah i want to do more of this this is good we <laughs> need to mention in the second prologue when uh laurie had it in the comments though. so i picked up a mediocre lay from a few months back <laughs> yeah that's pretty good <laughs> a mediocre lay. poor sal she's getting nothing in this uh sal just gets dragged <laughs> <laughs> you're so judgy <laughs> Oh. And then the um, and then the just saying, oh, I really hope this is how things go down with Sal and Taco. Then I can kill her myself. Yeah, yeah. It's just so wow. And there were four possibilities in my mind. I love it. It's so good. I had to add one because there, yeah. I realized there was one ending that didn't fit that. Yeah, <laughs> and I wanted to address it. All right, I'm good with. I'm good then. So are I'm we good? Raising myself for that little chunk that. I, I sent that to you feeling, like, very 
That, that I spent. I think I spent like a week and a half or two weeks on that. Yeah, that was the longest. That was the longest anybody had it before we bounced it back. Oh. And I was kind of getting worried because I was like, "Wait, is, is John stuck? Is John stuck? I mean, like, we need to get like, let's keep it going. Come on." And but it was the hardest part. But like, getting it in there just felt so right when I had all that stuff down there. And then I sent it to you, mm-hmm. and then I said. And then, like, we talked about it for, like, just a second. And then I had said, oh, I just got a really, really good idea. Oh, <laughs> this just, is where uh, the idea for um, the, epilogue. the epilogue came in. Yeah. Yeah. But that would not be implemented until, I believe, after we... And what I, told, I told you, um... Sorry, not to cut you off. Go ahead, go ahead, I go ahead. You, I um, told you, all right, I don't want... This is a really good idea, and it's going to be hard for me to sit on it. I'm just going to write it down and then bring it back up in, after you do your thing. And you're like, yes. And then you wrote the entire end game. And then I showed you a screenshot of that, what I think I'd written down. Yep. And they were like, oh, my God, I, we have the same idea. Yeah, we had literally <laughs> the same fucking idea. Like, uh, as soon as I had read that, uh, his uh, or John's prologues, uh, the, like, it was just like, I, I know what the, what is causing this. Uh, I know mm-hmm. what's causing it, and I was able to kind of steer the end game in a way that kind of helped point toward that a little more. If it wasn't already obvious, yeah, I was so glad. I, that I loved, I loved the reveal of what was happening. It's so and, good, uh, and as you mentioned there in the end game, there when the choices start popping up mm-hmm. and the choices are read again, mm-hmm. that's so good. And you don't act upon them, and I was like, holy shit. There is some. There is someone else here. <laughs> I love like I, like I think I think Rhett was just like when he got to the first ed, like prompt there where it's just shoot, shooter, and he was just yeah. like fuck. What did I do wrong? Because <laughs> that's what the game has taught. That's games. That's what the game has taught you the whole time. Yeah, red means wrong. You did something wrong, and you have no other choices. <laughs> you get you get like three red choices at one point. There's like what. Mm. <laughs> do it, 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 do it. <laughs> so okay. you wrote, you wrote the end game. I wrote right? the you entirety. Wrote, you drafted out the first draft of the end game. The, the, yeah, the entire draft of the final end game from the the end game, you know, for everything from end game to uh, the final fade out uh, of Freedom End, which is the you know where our characters finally escape. I did all of that. Uh, I don't know how long it took me, but I know that when I got the steam to do it, like I just couldn't stop. Like, uh, like uh, I was actually acting out some of the parts in the room with somebody helping me, so that I could actually write some of this shit right. Because it's a there's a lot of action going on here. You didn't actually here. kill them, though. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, I didn't. I promise you that. I promise. I didn't actually kill them. Shit, I need to get somebody else now for the next ending. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, kind of like the end game was where, um, like, uh, just kind of like, this is where everything's going to come to a head. Like, you know, we've got to have this confrontation with Lori, and it's not going to be a fucking Dragon Ball Z fight. Uh, and it's not going to be a fight that... Sal's gonna be real good at winning, cause well, hey, it turns out, <laughs> turns out, like for some reason, Lori's actually a really good fighter. For some reason, and just Sal gets her ass fucking beat. So is Sal good at anything? Uh, she's not good at much, huh? 
<laughs> like, like, is like, what? What are Sal's academics like? I, I imagine they're all, in, they're all in college now. Yeah, I imagine not good. Um, but basically, this is kind of where we establish that, like, okay, like, yes, Lori is an absolute monster and needs to be taken care of, but I can't give it to you easily because, and like, there are a lot of moments. Where it's just like there's um one moment in uh specific where I like the idea of the gun being fired and it was just like mm-hmm. oh shit did she just kill Taco? Mm-hmm. I think that oh, yeah, that was great. that was all that was all you that was perfect. Yes, that was right Sorry, there in the first stop. draft. Yep, that was right mm-hmm. there in the first draft. I knew I wanted to take that shot. Um. Mm-hmm. And it works because of Sudden End, also. Like, yes. A lot of players are going to run into that their first time. Yeah, play. like, if you rush Lori, like, mm-hmm. she fucking beats your ass. Yeah, uh, and then that kills was the you. last ending I got. And the thing that I really love about Sudden End is that, like, she just gets shot in the head while yelling at, up at the person that's doing this. It's just, like, you just get a cutoff. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so just brutal and gruesome. There's mm-hmm. no explanation. And it just that little extra bit of stakes to the climax because there is a way to fuck it up basically yeah yeah so um uh um 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 um, um, i think um this was the part that took the most like drafting i think yeah absolutely because the choices we didn't really have the choices down the first time through that was the main thing was figuring out the choices figuring out the sound cues figuring out the text speed yeah um and so, like the there's a bunch there's a bunch of big moments where like Taco almost gets shot, and then Lori um, redirects her attention towards you. There's kind of calling back to the choking, um, yep, with Lori and with Lori and Sal. And and, and 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 I don't think we changed the whole scene with Lori and Sal. We kept cha- tweaking the choices. In the final, um, in the in the next part, we'll talk about. I think is where we kept yeah. tweaking. So so we get to the point to where, like you know, Sal, like like the the, the funny thing, the really funny, the, mm-hmm. the LOL moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we like originally when 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 she's being choked out and she's you know when Sal's being choked out, she's like in the original draft. She looks over Lori's shoulder and sees Taco approaching Lori with the knife. And she doesn't want her to interfere. She does like for some reason she just feels compelled to not want her to dirty her hands, you know. So Taco was actually going to go uh for Lori from behind. That was originally like what was going to happen. And then she was going to yell and get her attention again and then the shot would happen. Uh but when we were talking about it in uh in the, the the after the first draft of the end game was finished, it was just like, what if we did like a a kind of a, a hey, what's that behind you thing? And what if we have this you know this abs- so this absolute monster of a character who's proven herself to be nothing but full of bullshit gets done in by a fucking look what's <laughs> yeah. over there, <laughs> and that was so much better. Like, like and, he, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and the, the original scene's still in the script. Like, if you go into the RPY file, it's just commented out uh, with the new stuff written in. Um, 
So there's a like there's some back there's a there's some uh, yep. behind the scenes for you. Um, yeah, that was after there's... our two hour like. I think we both refer to it as a circle jerk. Yeah, we, we, we spent the first draft. We spent two hours. <laughs> we spent two hours sucking each other off, basically on Skype. On Skype. Like, yes, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. <It> just... <laughs> that is quite literally what it was. It was just literally every other sentence was, "Man, we're great." I think Anna walked in for a little bit at one point and then walked back out, kind of slightly in disgust, like, "Wow, y'all really, really love yourself." <laughs> It was great too because like that moment where you trick uh, Laurie, you have two options, mm-hmm. and it's both the "Hey, what's over there?" basically, yeah, and mm-hmm. the other one being the uh, uh, "No taco, don't." Yeah, and like both are so great. To, they're, they're both great solutions. Obviously, no, don't fall for this shit. Come on, and she does because she's an idiot. <laughs> so we knew going in. Like that when we were get, when we were preparing ourselves for how this thing was going to climax, that we didn't want Lori to be the final boss. We wanted Lori to just kind of be the like, oh, like you know, you, you think everything's going to be okay, and then and, it wasn't. and then it's not, and then you get back to like after you know Sal having this moment of reflection of having killed someone. You think things are probably about ready to wrap up, and you know, like kind of kind of a lighten the tone a bit and then like we bring the static back like kind of intermittently just kind of like <laughs> it's quiet and then dead dead you know you kind of alternate between you know, like something's trying to interfere here like and you just kind of keep you know she kind of keeps going back to that mentality but snapping out of it and taco is like consumed by it or something and it's now approaching her with the knife and um Sal realizes that now she is holding the gun and pointing it at Taco. And this yeah. is where and this is where kind of the like the mask comes off and like everything kind of plops out into the open and that like the mysterious fourth um <laughs> force at work here. Um this was all John's doing. John, take us through this process. Um I think this is probably my favorite scene in the game then probably my favorite beat in a piece of art I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like the most of the pro, the basically the prose was all there. Yeah. In like that first draft for how this was going down, but the way that after we wrote the epilogue and the way that we redid the choices for this scene. Yeah. Um, and the way that I kind of tweaked a lot of the um, sound design and the, um, like originally the she threw her gun to the side like that was a triumphant final beat in the final game yeah um, that just kind of breezed by it in the first draft um, so just placing emphasis at those perfect moments yeah um, and then yeah I think the use of the red text there I think the way the shoot her and then the sets of choices there that are all red into, <laughs> all red Save yourself, you stupid girl. I love that. That's one of my favorites. <sighs> yeah, I really like that one too. So the contrivance, and... the contrivance I was talking about earlier was uh, mm-hmm. in order to make that look what's behind you scene work. I needed Sal to be strong enough to get into a sitting position so she could see over Lori's shoulder, 
and that's that's really really like I, that was really kind of contrived because like oh, okay. she was really kind of outmatched here and I kind of I needed that beat to work so I kind of had to contrive it a bit and then gloss over it and not like you know really call much attention to it <laughs> I think you did yep you did a good job because I never noticed it yeah it was that's real funny. contrived it was real contrived <laughs> ah whatever works it was worth it for the joke yeah yeah oh absolutely so I think that was very much our um that was sort of the beat with the clicking the choices and then having the character completely refuse those choices. Yes. Um, it was sort of a culmination of... Um, it was the ultimate gesture of refusing what the game kept trying to bring Sal to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's sort of a culmination of a lot of my favorite moments and storytelling beats and all my favorite games <laughs> where where like a character overcomes something to a level where like it's it's it, it, it's impossible it should be impossible for them to do so because they've been so influenced by these bad things up to this point but you know she's like throwing the gun away like that is literally like her casting away her fear of whatever it is that's trying to control her Mm-hmm. And her fear of taco, which is yes. you know, pretty justified. So, and what's she get for it? She gets she gets asserting that value of trust. And, and even she, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just asserting that value of trust in other people mm-hmm. and other humans and at again, a time where both of us were not really feeling that for yes. the human race at large. Yes, that was a big, big moment of. Yeah, like, the, a big theme of this game is trust, and that's kind of, like, the biggest moment of trust. Because, you know, she knows she's in very real danger, and that, like, something very bad could happen, but she puts all of her faith in Taco, and gets fucking stabbed for it! <laughs> <clears throat> and then it plays the sound, and it fades to red, and... Yeah, and it's just like, I love the fact that so many people thought that was fucking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The music cuts out after she throws yep. the gun away, and then she gets stabbed, and then the music comes back on. It it's relentless, <laughs> which is another thing in a lot of my favorite stories. Would have been such a mean way to end it. God, <laughs> I wanted to fake out the ending so bad or make things happen because we had the gun. I had to do something with the gun to scare the player. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, like, and I knew that I wanted Taco to stab Sal. Uh, like, that was in the game plan all along, and I knew that it wasn't going to be a mortal wound. Like, you know, kind of, she shifted herself beforehand and got her arm up, and that probably... Yeah, that's one of the earliest things you sent me in details about the final yeah. art, I think. She was going to be mm-hmm. stabbed in the arm. That was one of the first mm-hmm. things I told you. Um, and and then you got your your moment where, like, Sal is literally just like, I'm not fucking letting you go. Like, I'm not letting this happen. I'm not going to let you do this because this isn't you. And it's just like, that for me was like really powerful. Like, it just felt really powerful for me to kind of reread that again and be just like, she's so goddamn determined to make sure that like this girl, she barely even knows, gets out of this as physically and mentally safe as she can. You know, she's very selfless. Um, Mm-hmm. So she's good at you know, like sounds good at things. Sounds <laughs> very good. Um, and then they smooch. And then they smooch. You got a little moment there. You know, you you've 
had this experience with someone and it's very scary and there's been little flirty moments prior to it. So I don't think it was unearned. I think it was really nice. I thought it was a really yeah, cute I thing. Think it was. It's very cathartic at the yeah, end like, of the horrifyingness. Yeah. In a game that doesn't give you much catharsis, mm-hmm. like like that moment I felt is just really, really cathartic and you know like and, and another funny moment is Sal pulling the knife out of her arm. <laughs> just just the whole reaction to that. It's pretty funny. Probably probably actually a really bad idea, so Sal sucks at not yeah. bleeding to death. <laughs> yeah, probably. Not a good idea at all. <laughs> I, well, I mean, hey, she's she's proven herself, if anything, to just kind of be stubborn and bullheaded about everything, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a talent in and of itself at some uh, in some ways. Yeah. <gasps> and now I've made multiple games with girls smooching. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good Hopefully thing. Hopefully many more to come. Yes. So we get... I can guarantee all my upcoming games have girls smooching. More than like, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so we get... We're saying smooching and smooching. Smooching. Yes, either one works. We get, <laughs> we get our, we get our quote-unquote happy ending. Uh, you get that freedom was the one thing we agreed upon from the very beginning was that everything, it needs to wrap up and be completely happy. Yes! We, that was one thing you said right up the bat. I want a perfectly happy <laughs> ending. Lying sack of shit. <laughs> I actually didn't assume that Lori was the villain when I wrote her in that at the end of that first chunk covered in blood holding a gun. I was like, maybe she, she's being manipulated too. We need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And then you went just went all in and making her the just and then, so bad, man. Which led to me writing the prologue where <laughs> her dialogue, her dialogue in the in the end game, I just love it so much. She's just so goddamn. The Pull peanut over. gallery. That is you, by the way. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you really think you're important? I fucking love just how fucking just off the wall she is. Mm-hmm. I think like just those prologues kind of like let me kind of have a lot of fun with her in that same kind of headspace of just total confidence uh, in in the bullshit that she's spouting. <laughs> and you know, like I said, you get your happy ending. You get Andrea's wonderful CG. Mm-hmm. We get on the head and send her off the bed. Yes, with a cup of milk with, it, with 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 a cup of milk. So before, so before we jump to the final portion of the game, uh, is there anything that anybody would like to bring up about uh, the end game? The lullaby. Oh yeah, the use of the lullaby. <laughs> that was real good. Like, having yep. that re- recur again was another thing that I was very, very... I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, for those who don't know, uh, I uh, did both of Taco's versions of the lullaby, mm-hmm. and John did Sal's. Yay! Mm. And it worked out really nicely. Yeah. And you composed it. So well, that worked out very nicely. Composed, like, a three-note song. <laughs> it worked out. It's a lullaby. It it's supposed to be simple. Uh, hold on. It's... One, two, three, four, five notes actually. Damn, I'm good. Look how talented I am. And they're probably all they're probably all white notes on a keyboard too. Uh, yes, yes, they are. <laughs> I knew it's it. Key, it's in the key of A minor. I knew it. So yeah, that's yeah, that's no sharps or flats. I'm not a melodic composer, people. I'm sorry. I am a drummer. Um, Go off your gut. 
So, 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 yeah. Okay, the lullaby is just, I really, like, mm. I love that moment. Just, like, I really wanted to emphasize, like, the, again, the closeness, the shaking, like, just holding her as tightly as she could. Mm-hmm. It's a really sweet moment. <laughs> I, do, I worked hard to get the, so that you could not skip it the mm-hmm. first time, but then you could skip yeah. past it. And it would continue playing, and then the music would cut it off at the right moment. So yep. <laughs> there was a lot of logistics going into that, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Getting that. Making you know, sure that. that you couldn't skip over it was something that we were very adamant about. You know what's funny? First time. What's that? Day before it, we, um, A, Taylor's, um, uh, rendi- guitar rendition of the Lullaby was perfect. Oh, we're right? gonna, Just... we're gonna be hitting that in a moment. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, there was, it continued playing Taylor's other music, um, mm-hmm. as they left the thing and into the ending. Yes. Um, and then the day before it came out, I was like, let me cut this out. Let's, and yeah. With the, with the um, atmospheric noise, because they were out they of were there. Out of there that, that, yeah, it made a lot of sense for the, you know, the nature sounds to be back to kind of end on that silent note, and as you cruise right into that really gorgeous rendition of the lullaby. Thank you, Taylor. You're welcome. Okay. Oh, so. boy, that that rendition of the lullaby. <laughs> okay, so tell us about the ending credits rendition of the lullaby. So, uh, I, I had been aware, uh, not quite from the beginning of my involvement, but, uh, early on in my involvement that there was going to be a recurring motif mm-hmm. musically that uh, was going to be composed later on, and I was asked if I was interested in doing, like, a fiddly little guitar rendition. Mm-hmm. And I said yes, of course, because, hey, in for a penny, in for a pound. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I didn't get the final, like, composition until fairly late in the game. Yeah, the this the lullaby and Andreas CG were like the last two things to go in the game. And what I did, uh Polly actually sent me the uh I believe it was a Fama tracker. Yep. I sent you a Fama tracker version of it. <laughs> Which I I think I still have somewhere. Oh, it's cool. kind of an interesting little uh <laughs> It's an interesting little tidbit. So uh I can't I'm really bad at, like, learning stuff by ear. Oh. <laughs> so what I did was I actually loaded this into a into the uh, workstation and put, like, a tuner in line. Oh, wow. And just, like, wrote down the notes. Oh, damn, I could have just told you the notes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but that's how I chose to do it. It at least helped with my memorization. That's good. Yeah, so when it finally came time to do my guitar version of her of the lullaby, which I also got to title. Yes, you did. Yeah, which so I just like after playing the beta, I'm like, let's call it Rain. Yeah. Well, I like it. I because like it too. and I'm like, I was I was really struggling with the title on that one. Because the title of I Want to Kill Her came pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, just let, let's just cut to the jugular. <laughs> so to speak. Perhaps literally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rain is also very much a rebirth symbol. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, baptism. 
because it also matches the fact that she heard the lullaby of the cradle storms. So yeah, there you go. That's actually that's where I I was thinking about like what would I call it, and I'm like oh well, uh, Taco. This is a song her mother sang to her when she was afraid of rain. Boom. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. So let's just call. Yeah, I was like, well, I can't call it the Song of Storms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so believe it or not, the fi- the version you hear, uh, perhaps the most actual effort went into that compared to everything else that kind of just fell into Dang. place. Wow. Because I, w- I was really adamant about getting that in one take. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> So I practiced that until, like, I could hear it in my sleep. Oh my god, no. <laughs> and then I also improvised a little bit. Yeah, the improvisation, like, works really well. And I even remembered, because, like I said, it's in the key of A minor, I even remembered Re- to, resolve to resolve it. Yeah. To resolve the A minor. So it's like, finally, you get musical closure at yes. the very end of all of it. It's all symbolic. Uh, that was actually. Unlike, that was actually recorded on a normal-ass six-string guitar in standard tuning, which is actually not uh, something I do that much. <laughs> uh, interestingly, the Soxcast is also, the Soxcast theme is also in standard tuning. Oh, damn! That's amazing. Yeah, and the, it just has a lot of bass guitar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then I was like, do I want it to be I was trying to I was struggling with like how much versus like the if I wanted it to be super produced or if I wanted it to like have some other kind of thematic ties back to the rest of the soundtrack but then ultimately I'm like nah one guitar track echo boom I think I think I cool. I think there was some kind of weird filter effect I slapped on the guitar at to make it sound a little pointier or yeah. like fuller bodied but nope I'm like as sparse as sparse as I can make it yeah that's really really what we wanted there for that little closing credits sequence mm. okay that's um, really nice other thoughts on Freedom the end game end. other end game thoughts or are we moving on I think we're good. I think we're good. Oh, it's real good. Right. All right. So we move on to the final, the final, the final, final chapter. Wake up one more time. John, take us through this wonderful epilogue that has, again, one of my favorite lines in the entire game. (laughs) (laughs) I, um... I uh, wrote most of this. I didn't write the very beginning bit that where it's introducing you from the um, the early prologue. prologue. I didn't know how that was going to work mm-hmm. exactly, um, but I wrote the rest of that whole scene in one day before we were going to have the two-hour chat, and I wanted you to play through it before we had our chat. Mm-hmm. And that was when I sent I sent I sent that to you before I sent the screenshot saying, "Hey, what if the choices are ghosts?" Because because um, we had thought of the like government government experiments, and we thought of um, something else, but the, but Lori's explanation didn't seem super satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, "What's the most mundane? Like Things not that... mundane in the sense that it's supernatural, but like most simplistic 
explanation. It, yeah, like, like it's just this a ghost. Just a ghost. And there's no. Yeah, I, mean, I think that it, that straightforwardness to it made me feel it was good for me. Yeah, it, it works because it's it's both simple but also like it just it makes everything fall into place, especially the choices. Mm-hmm. So, and it means that the character yeah. that the choices suddenly become their own character. And when you replay the game, um, I think mm-hmm. it recontextualizes a lot of those beats. Is that yep. hey, this is a character going through their own little arc. Yep. Well, it's basically um, like the game is is its own character. Though. Boom! There you go. Mm-hmm. We added that goodbye, Sal choice to the yeah, end game. That was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, yeah, it's that is the end of the ghost. Is like oh, they figured shit out when they. See like when somebody what Sal does, yeah, like stress, yeah, like when seeing somebody can, you know, just overcome this. It's just like, well, yeah, probably time for me to get on out of here. Then mm-hmm. this ghost kind of realizes that they're full of shit too. Yep. Um, and did did you read the? Did y'all see the gallery descriptions? The, yeah, the, the ending gallery. The ending gallery descriptions are from the ghost's point of view. Ah, I was very proud of that. Yeah. I have, I have to I want to go back and play this again. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I've missed a, I feel like I missed things. Yeah, the the ending gallery like the I I meant I was trying to kind of hint at that with the way that they fade in and out. Mm-hmm. Because they have kind of have like a ghostly apparition and then fade out. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I was trying to do with the 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 uh, ending descriptions to kind of give a little bit of a hint. That mm-hmm. reminds me something I forgot way back in the first part. What's that? Uh, the the look of uh, the background when mm-hmm. Sal wakes up, like the, the like the spinny shit yeah. kind of thing. That was all. That was Polly, so yeah. good. Like it it was really it was nauseating. Yeah, I game. wanted it and to I, be. I that's really what I was going for. It was like I wanted to try and like because it's it's Rimpy. You can only do so much with showing images, and I I don't know advanced coding for Rimpy, so I was just like. I'm just gonna make some images with swirls and see what happens if I, like, you know, add a few steps to it. Like, I'm saying, here's mm-hmm. a swirl one, here's a swirl two, and let's cycle them around and make it all woozy. Mm-hmm. And you redid those after we, um, yeah, I, after we ran the background through a filter to match all the other images yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, that one with the back, basically, it's like a CG thing we got online, whereas everything else is a photo. Yeah. Um, but basically, all we did was run it through a filter that sharp that. Up the contrast a mm-hmm. lot, so lots of things turn, and then lots of things that were just dark turn black. Yes, and then up the sharpness of it. Yeah, a lot. It, it really helped out with being able to describe the place too. Hmm. Yeah, and it made things less. Um, oh, and we added there, there was that lamp in the background of the basement, which gave me like made me very like err for a long time. Yeah, it didn't make yeah. sense. And then I finally just added an explanation for that into the yeah. prologue with the match strike and everything. Yeah. Um, so I was proud of, like, all right, we've addressed it. We've addressed we got it. it. Boom! Plot hole solved! Now about Sal's backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, uh, so... But yeah, that, that, was the, that was the inception of it, was me sending that, the whole thing, basically, over yeah. to you with a few... Um, and we talked about over. Was there something else you were gonna say? I was gonna say this. This part like has the, the, one of the funnier moments. Is like, what are you, some kind of ghost expert? <laughs> that was added later. I love that line. So, what did you, what, do you have a degree in ghost science? Yeah, you have a degree in ghost science. That's it. <laughs> I fucking love that line. 
Uh, Polly, I remember talking to Polly about that, and she's very salty that that was written by John. And I was, her. I was real fucking mad. I was real fucking. I was like, why didn't I? Why wasn't I not the one that did that? I'm so mad. So we had the the whole ending bit is Laurie conversing with the ghost, and the ghost is speaking exclusively in choices. Yes. So it's using the Renpy interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you also control, like, how, like, how mean is the ghost? Yeah. Like, sometimes the ghost, like, you can have an option between kind of a softer option or something that holds Lori more responsible. Yeah. Like, um, and like something girl... we never do in the game. Something we never do in the game. We never implicate the player. Yes. I was very, we were very intentional about that, is that this is not... Shame play. This yeah, is just we never wanted that to be the case. We never wanted no that to... spec ops the line. Yeah, we weren't uh, trying not... to make you feel bad for anything at all. It was like this is all on Lori, and we wanted that to be absolutely clear. Yeah. And the ghost. I think the yeah. I think the is also that the ghost um was kind of starting to get bored and resent Lori. So yeah. was sort of arcing to she knew that Lori cared a lot about Taco and was sort of supporting Sal. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, and in the pro and the and when you're in Taco's prologue, there are no choices. Yep, yeah. Um, yeah. there's static, but there's no like sort of more direct intervention on the part yeah. of the ghost. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the ghost also has like probably my favorite uh, bit of dialogue, maybe in the entire game. Which would be the uh, when um, uh, Lloyd says like, uh, "Oh, so I guess I'm wrong about humans too," or something like that. And the ghost is like, and you get two choices, which is humans are bad and humans I, uh, are good. Yeah. And mm. and then you have to pick. I mean, humans aren't good. Aren't humans good. Aren't bad. Aren't bad yeah, yeah. You have, and you get to pick both. And mm-hmm. then the, the whole thing, like, like they did their best. That's the, like that was like that's the that line. A, that was the that was the crowning moment of like everything. For me. That was the best the best line. <clears throat> I, I I I will say I thought Laurie's. A brief flash of remorse near the very end was very impactful. <laughs> I think it's like you know she, the like self-realization. The full, <laughs> yeah, like the full realization, like that one, she's dying, and two, she's been full of shit this whole time, and three, it's it's not going to stop. Like you know, yeah. she knows she's done fucked up, but she still fucking doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wanted to, like, I wanted this game to end on a stinger. Like, I knew that I wanted this game to have a happy end, but I also knew that I, like, I want to leave you, I want you to walk away from this thing still feeling punched in the gut. Mm-hmm. That was my... I think that, there's that one line I really liked, um, with the, something about her ego, where she's like... Yeah, like, the, the only... The only reason is your ego so inflated because no one's no ever one's actually ever hurt truly you. hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that says a lot with Sal right there, with yeah. um, Lori right there. Yeah. In comparison with the other characters, it really says it all. And then we add in the stat. I added in late in the game. I added the static fuzz from um, her bullshit monologues. Yeah, like that's very subtle. Lane, actually, that's actually stolen from Serial Experiments Lane. It's very subtle. You might even need earphones to catch it. Mm, and then that plays over the last end. Yeah. Which, mm. which that's... is another. I think you named it. Was. Yeah, it's just end. That's it. Mm. Which is good because again, it's kind of judgment free. It's yeah. just here at the end of the game. Yeah, like I. Oof. 
And, and, and this ending kind of hit people, I, I think, a, a lot of people differently. Like, I know that we've probably both heard, like, uh, varying opinions on what they thought mm-hmm. of the epilogue in particular. Like, everybody loves the end game. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves that part, but, like, the the the, the epilogue kind of throws people sometimes, I think. Yes. And I like okay. that. Because, because I also like the interpretation that, like, okay... Um, the player's the ghost. Why not? I like that interpretation, too. Well, it, and, and it works, because the last choice you get before Goodbye, Laurie is just like, okay, well, I don't feel like talking anymore. Yeah. And then mm. you just listen. Yep. Mm. And then Laurie being sad, because she thinks she's alone. Yep. <sighs> Poor you. No lullaby to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's her lullaby? Yeah. <gasps> Boom. <laughs> Just that's a good game. It. Yeah, that's a that's a it's a good game. So, uh, any final thoughts on the uh, prologue or the epilogue or end game? Oh, I'm really um, pleased with. Yeah, nope. go ahead. Uh, when when Lori <laughs> when Lori references the fact that she thinks Cell sucks in bed. <laughs> I told you it would come back around. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Christine. Yeah. Christine being named early in the game was an addition, and then having her be unnamed during Lori's epilogue, and then having her finally be referenced in in Lori's prologue, and then being finally realized. Yeah, I didn't realize until now that isn't Christine the first name that Sal pulls out? Yeah, it's the first name. She's yellow text. Oh my god. Yeah. She's so that Christine and the U are the. How we kind of use the yellow text in clever ways. Yeah, like the, the red text gets lots of that. But yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that. That, that I missed, actually. Just little itty bitty hints like that. And then, like, you know, Christine's name kind of popping up again at the end is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's. So, so I, I did kind of think of it as like, oh, here are the five people in this game. And then poor Christine barely gets any yeah, she... <laughs> coverage there. Poor girl. Mm. Rough go- Lots of, yeah, rough go of it. Rough go of it! <laughs> ah, good. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a bright and sunny game that ends on a 100% positive note. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Red just, like, sobbed and then... He, he, I, think during, I think during the epilogue, and then he fucking, had like a half hour of like, ugh. Yeah, like, I remember Rhett, like, specifically mentioning the goodbye Lori prompt and clicking it and just being like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be just so just like that's it you're done yep like, it's the game it, it's a bit of a harrowing emotional experience at points mm-hmm. it can be yeah <laughs> I'm really glad because it because like I said it does have that kind of melodramatic tone and I was worried that like it wouldn't really connect with people maybe because of that but I feel like the gradiness of it and the emotional singularity of a lot of it um, builds to a cathartic effect yeah yeah like the thing that I was always afraid of and I know I mentioned this to John a lot is that I was apprehensive about releasing it because everybody just knows me as ha ha he he funny stupid farty stuff all the time and you know, here I am releasing now this, like, very 
just, you know, dark and kind of disturbing thing that is a look into my psyche in a, you know, not in a biographical sense, but in a metaphorical sense, using these mm-hmm. characters kind of like, like, I look at it as the same way as uh, Claudio Sanchez writes lyrics from a fictional perspective of, you know, the Amory Wars. Um, but all of those things are still things that relate to his real life in some way, and that's kind of how I approached everything that I did with her lullaby, was that all of me is in there, it's just kind of obfuscated and played out in a different way. Like, all of that depression, anger, uh, hurt, uh, fear, like, a lot of things are in there that are very... And your sense of humor. And the (laughs) sense of humor, of course. Well, I mean, I think that's part of what makes it work and makes it feel so genuine, too, is that when you, like, take parts of yourself and split them up like that, mm-hmm. it just, it makes every little part, that, that every little thing that, that gets a part of you injected into it, it has a sense of genuine, genuineness to it. Um, I mean, the best horror comes from... Real fear. Real fear. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's, it's something I try, try to do when I write as well. Is I always try to figure, think about okay, what can I, what can I say here in this text that reflects me? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people uh, tell me that they couldn't finish it because they honestly felt like they were reading something they shouldn't, and mm. a lot of people told me that when they read it it's exactly how they felt and they mm. never knew that somebody else felt that way. So, to have people have connected, like, that's really what I wanted. Like, I wanted somebody to just say, like, you know what, I I get it. Like, you know, I'm I'm not looking for somebody to, you know, praise me or anything like that. It's just, like, if even one person kind of, like, feels like they're not alone, you know, having read that, then like that's all that's worth it to me. I don't, you know, like I'm not looking for exposure. I'm not trying to shove this thing down everybody's throat all the time or anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, man. It's, um but um that's a good So do we have any fine. final thoughts uh on the game at all before we start wrapping up here? Good game. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I feel like I've been kind of pensive for a lot of this, and I'm just sort of like, this is this story is really important to yes, me. Yes, this well, is the this is the m- most proud I've ever been of something I've made online, and I've run a website for twelve years. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's kind of funny that like the game released in February, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the first I've spoken to Polly or anyone about my thoughts on the game. Yeah, like I was wondering, like I just like you kept me in the dark, and I was just like, what did did she like it? Did she hate it? Brad <laughs> oh. was quiet for a little Aww. while too, and we were like, yeah, like oh. I don't want to ask people that question. Like I don't yeah, want to be the person that goes, like, yeah. At first, I was a bit busy, so I didn't have time to play it. Yeah. I was working on my own stuff as well. That's and then when I got around to playing it, I uh, like I, I it took some time to like think of my thoughts and stuff. And then you started mentioning that hey, we might be doing a socks cast thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh well, well I hold off my thoughts then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it, Andre. And you know, coming from someone whose work that I've enjoyed over the years, you know, that means a lot. You know, like so- a big part of wanting to do this project is because uh, a lot of my friends are real creative people 
Um, and I admire them for it. Uh, I always look at them and it's just like, you all are putting out really great things into the world. And, and even though like maybe like her lullaby might not be a thing for you uh, or that I wrote specifically for anybody, um, the way that I feel is like, this is a thank you to those people for putting cool things out into the world. And my thank you is putting a cool thing out into the world as well. That's kind of how I want, I, I looked at it, uh, in the end. That's so nice. Hmm. Yeah. So what about you? John? Really, Final thoughts. It really feels like, um, I don't know. I just, this story means a lot to me. <laughs> Yeah. I'm really happy that it turned out as well as it did, and I'm really connected with it, and it really has inspired me to try to move forward and process feelings and just be put myself into my work more. And I feel like that's... That's absolutely com- shown. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote a thing on... Um, when I was writing about Kikai, mm-hmm. um, I wrote a little thing about... I've got a, bun- a number of other projects in the work, and those projects are my future. Yeah. Um, where I was kind of framing Kikai as sort of a gift to my past self. Or, yeah. Because um, it's not the game I'm making now. It's not the stories that are are really most pressing in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. And that the game I had in mind was Her Lullaby. Um, Who knew? Because I think that was a step into my future. That's Whatever that's, person I'm going to be. That's what I feel. Like, I'm positively inspired to want to tackle this medium again. Um be it collaboratively or solo and just kind of like mm-hmm. take another stab quote <laughs> stab <laughs> <laughs> um uh, let's see Taylor final thoughts uh I'm really I was really uh proud of my work that I contributed and I'm really happy that I got to be a part of this little thing and this we're, big thing yeah, this we're whatever you want to call it proud, like, hey like without that music like this thing just does not have the life that it has <laughs> I think in some ways I think I'm glad that you know even if I didn't realize that I was that I needed it it was a good way to just get it out <laughs> yeah yeah just kind of the the sort of visceralness of the soundtrack and you know later getting to experience it was a night was like a really what about you hard to describe it's like it was like a relieving thing when it was all wrapped up somehow again like that that's like a common thing about this thing is catharsis yeah like getting washed over by rain rain (laughs) that was a callback callback. contrived one boom but i think it was nice carmy any final thoughts on her lullaby well, it may not have been, like, my, like, type of game that I enjoy playing or mm-hmm. stuff like that, but it was still a fun project to work on, and it was, um, I'm glad that I participated in it because I know it brought a lot of joy to you guys, and you guys are my friends, so, you know, Yay. it's always nice to do that for people. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, uh, I guess I will close out by just saying, um... I mean, I want to thank everybody here, of course. Like, this game wouldn't exist without each and every one of you. Uh, you're all obviously very important people to me, but I think that that was 
just emphasized way more with just the way to kind of like how can like all of these cool people actually pull together and get a thing done and that it happens so rarely online um and obviously and again a shout out to shiori um because hi, know, her, hi Shiori. Her work was also very important in making sure that menus didn't bust, and I didn't want to throw my computer through a window. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm sure by the end of that four and a half, five hours, she wanted to throw hers through a window. Ugh. That was a that was a long night. Let me tell you. Such is coding, I guess. Such is yep coding, and of oh, course, yeah. nope. Oh, did we get any questions? Nope. Nope. So it goes. Aww. So it goes. So it goes. Oh, well, I think. Well, I think we blathered. I have a question. We definitely. What's had your a question? Lot. What's your question? Polly, Yo. what did it feel like to make a project of this size that you worked on for so long and you didn't put a single fart in it? I tell ya, it took all the strength in the world to hold back. I tell ya, I tell ya, Taco's cell phone's ringer could have been anything. Instead of its kind. Imagine it being farts. Hey, we only worked on this for three months. Yeah. Like, this like it was basically done two months in, and then we spent a month of really Refining. bringing it home with the editing. Yeah. I, so, I'm glad I only had to make flowed. the music, because some of the Renpai stuff doesn't sound that fun. It's not... <laughs> It's not. <laughs> Do you think you're going to make any more projects in Renpai? Absolutely. Yep. It's a lot easier than if you put it together in Game Maker. Let's see, plus plus. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, Renpai is hell, but it's, like, user-friendly hell. Yeah, it's, it's a user-friendly hell. It's the alternative. It makes... It, it's it's like RPG Maker, hell. where there's a ton of limitations, but it makes creation accessible. Yeah. Yes. And I it's... really value it for that. Yeah. Or Twine. It's like the difference between the GarageBand app on your iPhone and, like, Pro Tools, Pro Tools 9. Pro 9, yeah. <laughs> Guess which one's harder to use? Great <laughs> music on both, though. And, of course, uh, a big thank you to everybody who gave us your time, uh, who took time to download and play our game. You know, like, your time is important, and the fact that you gave us some of that time, uh, and, you know, whether you finished it or you didn't, like that's not the point. It's the fact that you took time and you wanted to understand us and you wanted to experience this little world, uh, however much of it you wanted to. Um, it means a lot to have put this out and have had people, you know, react and, you know, and and again, you know, like one of my biggest fears was it wouldn't be taken seriously because ah ha ha, Polly farts. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, it's nice to know that, like, I can do something serious and put it out there and people will still, you know, like, gravitate toward it in some way. Um, So I don't have to just be pigeonholed into that dumb, funny person all the time. And that's kind of, that that felt really nice. Uh, I made it easier to make work on a game where you are being the funny person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like, Poly Dungeon is going along really well right now, so. Mm -hmm. I was about to say... Poly Dungeon when Poly Dungeon's <laughs> happening. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's it is uh, it is a, since I tested that. Yeah, it's a lot more finished than you think it is. Now, trust me, we are we are cool. nearing we are nearing what I would call the end game with Poly Dungeon. 
<laughs> I'm trying to make a portmanteau of Polly Dungeon and Jenny Death. Yeah, I know. Like Jenny Den- Jenny Dungeon Wen. Jenny Dungeon. <laughs> I, um, I would say thank you to Anna because she um because uh, absolutely because they uh, help me every step along the way with creating basically all of my games. Mm-hmm. Um and being a creator in general and is just generally super awesome and I've released two more games since finishing her. Yeah, you've released three fucking games this year. Yep. So John's kind of I a def- beast. I definitely feel like that ZZT game also was very yeah. and and like John being weirdly personal. Oh. And 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 of course so. a pers- a personal thank you to John who I I I feel like you and I have a chemistry that is just um, kind of on point all the fucking time. Every time we work on something together, it just fucking works. There's never any snags. Like, there's never an ego. We're always receptive to the other's idea. Like, Mm -hmm. it's never... Like, when it's... When we're working on things, it's, uh, you know, it's never take that idea out. It's how can we make that like a little better or tweak it a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know, that's how we got Operation KATB as well. Like that game just flew right out of us. Mm -hmm. And And it's been really important also for me making games that are explicitly queer. Explicitly queer. Yes. For the last year, that has been huge for me. So that's been nice. And KATB was sort of the start of that yeah like that, i was thinking thank about you. that you know so um and, and thank you to all for you know listening to us uh suck all of each other off for about three and a half hours uh or so <laughs> yeah just about we're all we're all wonderful glug, people glug glug <laughs> so um but yeah, the we love you all. I don't know how to fucking end this, so <laughs> uh, just uh, thanks for letting us. Hope you enjoyed this spudcast. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed the spudcast. Yeah, the spudcast. <laughs> next, next, next time on this, next time on the spudcast, we review PC Music Volume Two. I'm fucking. Hey, hey, I'm out. Where's everybody? I'm out. Where's everybody, we're Where done. Find everybody online. Carmi, where are you online? Yes, okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this closed out properly. Yeah. Carmi, uh, where can we find you online? You can find me on um, DeviantArt, carmichael-mcallis.deviantart.com. And uh, I haven't really been on uh, Tumblr, so let's just stick to that for now. All right, all right. Andrea! You can find me on Twitter. That's my main thing, at Andrea Ritsu. Or at andrewitsu.com. Fantastic, fantastic. Taylor! SoundCloud.com slash Western Desolation. Or AcidRain.tumblr.com. Or Deadly Gardens at Twitter, but I probably won't let you follow me if I don't already let you follow me. Boom. (laughs) Very exclusive club. Yep. 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 John Thire, where can we find you? Um, farawaytimes.com you can play my two new games Kikai and Atop the Witch's Tower and the latter is gay and has kissing so. it's gay, it's super gay so I get on, and the yeah. other one's a really fun shmup I spent like two and a half years on so that's good too Yes, I, I would have finished Kikai by now but then I kicked my computer and I don't know if it works <laughs> oh no 
<laughs> no, it nah, it still works. I just hate this stupid piece of shit, so I unplugged it. Gotcha. <laughs> and then kicked it. So. And then kicked it. Good. Maybe I did break it. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at what well this dumb website. <laughs> Duh. And remember We're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Mm-hmm.